In this episode, I sit down with 22-year-old entrepreneur Eli Dangerfield and we discuss how he's built multiple seven-figure e-com businesses. We also sit down and discuss how having a heart attack at 19 years old changed his mindset and trajectory for the rest of his life. We talk about Bitcoin, we talk about investment strategies, we talk about the bigger picture, the bigger play, goals, aspirations, it's all in here. And it's so many tools in here, I believe, that can really, really empower you to go and do more in your life. And I hope you enjoy this episode. One, two, one, two, now here we go. You know what time it is. Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns flip perspectives so that together we have clarity direction and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible here's your host frankie lee welcome back to the frankie lee podcast i know it's been a couple of weeks but we are back and we are back big so on the show today i have one of the tallest men in e-commerce in Australia, who's built a seven-figure watch brand and other multiple seven-figure businesses on the back of dropshipping uh, and online e-commerce. His name, Eli Dangerfield. Welcome to the show. Uh, bro, thank you so much for having me, Frankie. It's good to be here. I've admired your podcast for a while now, and uh, it's good to be sitting on the casting couch. Ready to go back again. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm the, sure I'm not the first or the, the last one to get... The, the, the casting couch, the, the mate. Casting couch. mate hey, honestly, that's, uh, that's, that's like... Um, yeah, that's that's definitely a Pornhub, <laughs> Pornhub no, moment. Starting the podcast off with a great start. We're, st- we're starting it great, mate. But yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that, mate, and I appreciate you taking the time out to to come here. But like, mate, I, I think the best place for us to start with you is like you've obviously built a seven seven figure watch brand. You, you drop shipped on the way there. We're obviously, we're going to talk about that later on the podcast. But how did you even first think about getting into e commerce? Fair. So what happened was. For those who don't know about my upbringing and childhood, I had, uh, I've had i got a beautiful family. I've got my little brother. I've got my mum, my dad. When I was younger, our family didn't have much money because my mum was a teacher, my dad's a tradie. And then when I was younger, my mum had a really bad car accident. Yeah. Um, I think I was when, uh, probably around four years old. I was really young. And then she was unable to work for over a decade. So it was basically just reliant on my dad's income as a yeah. tradie. So then going through school and things like that, my parents would sacrifice a lot just to put me in the position that I was in. But at the same time, we couldn't do a lot of the stuff that a lot of my peers got to do. For example, getting like all the new toys, all the new like gifts, all the new uh, whatever, and then holidays and things like that. We didn't really get to do much of that at all um, just because it was so stringent. So I, I got to this point when I was, say, 14 years old, and I was like, you know what? Like all these other people have all these opportunities, and I started using the internet. So I Googled like most young people do when they are at a point where they're sick and tired of being sick and tired and they Google the words how to make money online or something to that regard. So I did that and it started me on a path of just going through and sifting through all of the... Can you swear on this? Yeah, yeah mate, mate, the, you see, mate this, this is the Frankie Lee podcast, mate. You can, you can completely relax. Yeah. Um, so all this bullshit online, you see all the internet marketers just touting all the shit that just is ineffective. Um, get know, rich like, in seven get days. Get rich in seven days, shit like that. And I was like, oh yeah. So I was got pulled into all of that. I was going through YouTube, watching tons and tons of videos. I was going on Google, reading tons of blogs. Um, and I found a book that was recommended called The 4-Hour Workweek. Tim Ferriss. Timothy Ferriss, yeah. So that was a book that I, I didn't have money to buy the book at the time, but I found an audiobook version on YouTube and every night I used to go to sleep listening to it. So it would complete the entire audiobook while I was sleeping. 
uh, for some reason I was doing that every single night and then over a little bit of time I was like my mindset's changed now and I realized that you could build like a business I just had this switch I don't know if it's something to do with my subconscious but I never really listened to it while paying attention but I got the entire message after listening to it through my sleep time and time and time again and so then after that I was like all right cool and then I had this new fire in me to just basically just start researching I tried affiliate marketing when I was I think that was my first ever attempt at online business how did it go bad so again i just was going through all of the make money youtube videos that people make just clickbait shit right yeah it's this one guy i think he's serbian or something not nothing against oh, i i know i know that Vic, guy vic stry's house yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i'll see him yeah, yeah yeah so i found one of his stuff and obviously being a 14 i think yeah 14 or f- maybe 15 by the time i did something um i was you know pulled in by the allure of the fast cars and the lifestyle and the things that you know they tout online and i was like oh cool so I, I just watched this tutorial that he made. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get an affiliate offer from ClickBank. And ClickBank, for those who don't know, is like an affiliate database where you can you can basically promote other people's products, get paid for it, a percentage of the sale, right? So yeah, it's just yeah, that yeah. Um, internet marketing products, software, health products, weight loss products, shit like that. So I grabbed a link. I created my account. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get so rich. And I went downstairs. And I'm like, oh, hey, mom, um, can I borrow $20 for this like Fiverr gig? Like, you know, Fiverr. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, obviously yeah. they can build things and for And so you. I was like, oh, I was... Because Vic, Vic's like, oh, I think he said in one of his videos, he's like, oh, just drive traffic to the page and a percentage of the people are going to convert. The same way that we do in an e-com, but I was like, all right, well, I don't know how to drive traffic, so I'm going to go on Fiverr and I'm going to look up a gig or something equivalent to that of sending traffic to this webpage. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get 10,000 visitors for $20 because some guy was selling that as a package. Little did I know, it's probably like bot traffic or something like that. Yeah, yeah, So I paid the money and I was sitting there like refreshing my ClickBank and nothing came up. And I was like, oh, oh. And I had all the clicks on the on the page, but nothing converted. And I was like, oh. So that kind of turned me off affiliate marketing. And I was like, oh, I just wasted money. And I'm like, mom, I'll pay you back sometime soon. Um, so I did that. That didn't work. And then I just got like just looking into other stuff i was doing youtube stuff at the time as well well just putting out videos I was just and putting out videos uh nothing to do with like make money stuff or anything like that I used to make action videos with my friends yeah since i was i don't know 10 i was making youtube videos i got my first brand deal when i was like 13 with uh ea promoting a new game really so i got paid like i think it was like 300 dollars on my channel Mate, to get paid $300 at like 13 on a YouTube yeah. channel. Because I signed up to a partner network and they put this deal to me because I had like a, a gaming kind of audience. Even though I didn't do gaming, it was like action movies based on games and stuff like that, like Call of Duty and things like that. So some, some of the some of the biggest earners on YouTube are like kids that are like 8 or 10 years old, Bro, earning huge. like $150 million a year, yeah. you know, just putting out content that where, they're, where they're playing like Call of Duty or something. It's some crazy, some crazy things happening, yeah. and I think esports and this online gaming world's gonna mm. gonna blow up massive. But that's another topic. But yeah. yeah, so you did that. Obviously, you're getting paid for that. What was what? What did you think? Okay, I can actually make a business out of YouTube now. Or I, I thought about it, and then I was googling about it, and like then I think a time came when I was just like, oh, it's gonna be so hard to build up like a a million YouTube subscribers where I had to. You know, you have to post because my my I've got I'm perfectionist. Everything I do, I want it to be perfect. Yeah, and so therefore, with the limitations of budget and limitations of people around me being from Adelaide, when not a lot of people were doing that at that time. Yeah, like I was kind of on my own, and I was like, oh, how am I supposed to keep up my high standard of content for myself at such a rate where it can snowball and get like people being like, oh, he's going to post every week. 
Like I'd post like a good thing every four months. It's, it's, it's mate, I have the same thing with this podcast, right? Yeah. I get offered a lot of guests, yeah. right? Now, now I do. It, day one, it was really hard yeah. to get to get guests. As we're accentuating through this environment and people are starting to see the kind of numbers and starting to see the kind of yeah. content I'm putting out, then I'm starting to attract better and better guests, right? But you get offered lots of guests and, and people are just like not, I'm not just going to put out crap. I'm not yeah. just going to have people come in here, sell their book, and 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 abuse and abuse the audience yeah. that I've built up through, through offering trust and value yeah. by by people just wanting to come and market their book. It's just not my game, right? Yeah. But th- this is what happens as soon as you start to get that. You start to get you start to attract these things yeah. into your life, it, it, and you can't take every opportunity. No, you can't. And so I bailed on YouTube for a while just because of the, the opportunity of. Like I was just wanting to make money and I knew YouTube for me wasn't probably going to be that vehicle at the time. I was like, I, I want to pursue a business because I, I started liking processes. Yeah. Like, and I, I took, I was super creative as a kid, like super creative. I still am creative, but I started looking at things more analytically. Started trying to break it down, break it down. And, and look, yeah. look at, look at, okay, this is working. This isn't working. If I pull this lever a little bit more, yep. that'll jack that up there. And that's kind of how you're looking at all the analytics of what you're doing in terms of like the funnel and everything you're putting together. Yeah. So I started from that point, I started looking into Forex and things like that. And I, was, I, I think I, we've all looked there. We've all looked we've there. We've all looked there. I don't think you're an entrepreneur unless you've at least been looking in Forex or something like that. I, I don't think you've, you, you've even been in the online space if you haven't tried buying forex signals yep. <laughs> or or being told that you can compound your money at one percent every day yep. um, bit connect style all those schemes schemes and scams i mean once you like you say once you start getting involved in this environment once you start seeing the power of being online and knowing knowing that the kind of when me and you have sat down previously the other night and we were we were going through a lot of different different topics and stuff the, the rate of speed that our brains move and that the rate we think Sometimes I think me and you are guilty of going at 100 miles an hour in 16 different directions when really we should just be focusing on the one thing, the one thing that... And I think when you said about getting more analytical, I think that's when you understood that now I really have to get granular and focus on the the things that actually move in the needle. Yeah, 100%. And so I did that for a while um, and looked at it and studied it and like bought courses on it and like cheap Udemy style cheap courses and just like looking at pirated courses and other things that I'd see online. I was like, oh, yeah, I could do this. And then I, I, I gave up on that. And then when I was oh, I completely skipped, I, I got involved in network marketing as well when I was like 15 years old, 14 years old. So you're talking about like Herbalife, Isogenics, yeah. all that so kind got, of stuff. I got recruited. I don't know who would try and recruit me at 14 into a network marketing <laughs> thing. These these couple guys, I'm not going to name name them because, yeah, looking back on it, a bit suspect. Um, but, yeah, I was like 14. Yeah, because I got involved in a couple over the time. And they signed me up under them to a company called Jeunesse, if you've heard of that. It's like no, 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 no. Health and skin and, and vitality, that all that shit. Um, and then basically in exchange for them paying my startup fee or whatever, I was going to produce them video content and things like that. Right. So then, because again, I was, I was doing videos. I was quite talented in videos. So they were trying, they were trying to leverage you being a free content creator for them and, and for their network. Basically trying to exploit me being super young and not pay me anything but like cover my couple hundred bucks to get me to do thousands of dollars per hour worth of like work that that 
there is that way you can look at it, but there's also yeah. the way of if you're doing more videos, you're getting more you're getting more runs on the board, so you're getting better at the videos. So there is a learning curve in that yeah. as well. So it's not you can look at it that way, or you could look at it that way. It depends. Yeah, which I way looked you want at it. I looked at it obviously in the in the opportunistic way when I was yeah. doing it, but yeah. then looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, well, really nothing came of that besides obviously some practice. But yeah, yeah. I was already at a high level, like a. Not, not but, they, but basically, yes, yeah, you, like you say, they were trying to abuse your um, your good nature as a young naivety, lad. Naivety, yeah. But yeah. but yeah, you were saying. Um, so yeah, I did that and then I ended up falling out with them because I was doing more videos and then they promised to pay me for one video because I went out of my way to like follow them for a day and did all this really good stuff and made a video. Then they used it and didn't pay me and I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so I fell out about that and then stopped doing that. I didn't make any money out of that as well. Um, so that gave a kind of a bad rap. And then I met another friend of a friend when I was like 16. Um, and then he got, he basically again touted another network marketing company, which was like Organo Gold, which is like coffee. Yeah. 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 Um, so you, there's a lot, there's a lot of coffee companies, yeah. um, coming up these lifestyle coffees, bulletproof coffees, yeah. all this, all this different type of coffees that, uh, and all these different types of brands now that are just leveraging people. Yeah, people um, as ambassadors and yeah, like that. and like yeah, this one was like an actual MLM thing. So got involved in that, lost money on that as well. Um, and then I was like, oh, it's not for me. And then I ended up um, doing, I ended up in school doing a marketing agency. So I started a marketing agency doing like SEO for, for yeah. companies. Yeah, and I remember I think I've done so many different things when I was like yeah, fifteen. I ended up watching a guy called Alex Becker on YouTube. He's brilliant, bro. I love Alex Becker so much. He's he's, brill- so he's, a, he's he's such an he's such a a great entrepreneur. He, he form, former guy. If you if you've never seen him guys, go check him out. He's 100%. on YouTube, but he's just real. Yeah. And he's he's, he's, he's going only, through a few stages in his life where yeah. he's made decisions that have led him in different paths, but I found him when he was doing his SEO like how to build an SEO agency videos. Yeah. So again, it's another uh, another case of me watching YouTube videos about how to get rich quick and make money that just like I'm super grateful that I was clickbaited into all of those because they dangled the carrot just in front of me of like, oh, you're so close to it that eventually if I kept pushing, I'd get the carrot. And if I didn't have the the carrot dangled, I would have given up because there's so much adversity in being an entrepreneur and building something that if you don't almost get, if you don't almost get misled that it's going to be simple, you don't pursue it because it's too much down yeah, the track. Yeah. So it's, I feel like everyone goes through that where they're like, oh, I'm going to make this money so quick. And Every, everybody thinks that making money online is easy, right? When they've never done it before. Yep. Or they see people doing it like you online, they see you on Instagram, they see the watch, they see the cars, they see, you know, all that kind of abundant stuff. And they think, ah, oh, it must be easy because he's 23, he's 24, he's, he's doing it, he's killing it at 21, rah, rah, rah. But mate, what you've just described is a similar journey to what I went on. I failed, I, had t- I tried an Amazon FBA business, I tried an eBay business, I tried this, I tried that. It's only when I broke into like, content removal and selling selling content removal online yep. that I started to actually do anything I started to actually make money by by being online in this place from a website from 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 providing something of value and and selling it it's like that's the only time I started to make money like yep. it took me it took me years I failed multiple times along the journey before I started to to do it so I I I get it mate I yeah. get it and I think anyone listening to this has to know from the day dot 
you've got to be willing to fail at least six or seven times online before you before you find something because the first thing isn't going to be the thing but you need to put your all into it because you need yep. to get the skills out of it yep. because every if you even if you look at all the stuff that you've done the seo helps you because obviously you can use it on your own products your own brand then you've got the affiliate marketing well now you can use that on your own brand too and then yep. Then all these other things, the videography, well, now you, now you know what a good video looks like. So even if you're not creating them yourself, you can still use them on your own brand. Yep. So every, everything that you've done so far is put together into what you're doing now. So it's not like a total waste, yeah, but people no don't way. people don't realize that, do they? Yeah. So the one of my biggest assets has been learning all of the skills inside of my business that have like that you other people will delegate yeah i learn them and do them and, and try to master them myself so that then when i do delegate i can keep people accountable for what is expected of them to do yeah and i understand their positioning as well so if if, I'm, if say i hire someone now to make a video or edit a video which i do because i don't have time to work in the video space doing stuff like that i can be like oh can you cut this here and add this transit like i can pick it apart understanding their point of view and and offer actual value rather than oh, i don't like it do it again and like just make it different i can offer like yeah, you, you you can tell them because you've because you've broken it down before, yeah. so you can see where you where you want changes made. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't just go for that. It goes for like say sales or any kind of marketing or SEO stuff or whatever it may be. Like, or it's again with um with helping people make money now. Like, I can pick apart things so easily because I've seen such a wide variety of things now. Like, if someone shows me a website, I can pick it apart so quick and tell you what I would change or what I would do based on what I see working now. So if someone comes to me and they come to me and they're like, oh, what do you think of my website? I'm like, oh, do that, do this, add that. Like I can just spit fire through it so quick. Yeah, but, I'm going to I'm gonna get yeah. you to do mine. Yeah, I will. I'll happily do that. Because <laughs> I, I, I want it picked apart because at the end of the day, like that's how you grow. You need yep. you need to be, and, and for so long when I started, I used to hate people like picking apart. But yeah. it's like, look at who's picking you apart. If you're getting picked apart by someone who's made five, 10 million, 10 million online and you've made 600 grand or you've made 100 grand then obviously you can take their advice if you're getting picked apart by someone who's made 10 million but you've made 57 then that's a different that's a different scenario yeah. isn't it like yeah. it's, it's like you've got to look 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 at where they are but you should definitely always be open to taking the criticism in an online business or an online world because it's so 100%. fast evolving is that there's nothing now i mean people are still pumping out courses for amazon fba i i personally think the, the horse has already bolted with that yeah. like in my opinion but there's still people people telling people they can pump out millions and millions of dollars a month on it and I'm sure there are there are unicorns that do yeah. but the vast majority of people are, if you've got a good product on there you're going to get it stolen by Amazon they're going to yeah. they're going to white label it they're going to they're going to pump you that's why I didn't get involved in Amazon FBA personally I've got a few friends making 50 300k a month I've got actually a friend who makes about a 50 50 to 60 million a year yeah. off of it um, Derek in the US if you're watching this um, and so he's he's going and, and build a huge business in bedding yeah. bedding and mattresses and things like that and it's very impressive but the reason I didn't get into it was simply because of what you said that you don't have the control of the customers you're ultimately reliant on Amazon being this is where the conflict of interest for me lies in that yeah. Amazon is a marketplace for vendors and a seller yeah. if they can control the marketplace and they can they would be able to see what the best-selling products are. They would have such. They've got an all the analytics. Yeah. And you're paying for it. Yeah, you're paying money for, for for like them putting your product up or like that. If they want to do this, if say tomorrow they want to annihilate all of the vendors and start selling their own shit, they can do that and they can replicate the entire Amazon marketplace with their own products and make all of the money. 
Yeah, it's, they they basically use vendors. They they use Amazon white labeled vendors to test the marketplace to see what works and what doesn't at no cost to Amazon, yep. and they clip the ticket for it. Yeah, and once they see a product on their making bank, they will create their own brand or a better brand than what you've got if you will not sell out your brand at a cheap price. And then they'll like derank your stuff from the search results and put yours up. Hundred percent, hundred percent. If you've got the best, if you've got the best selling white labeled nappies on Amazon. And they want to come in and sell nappies. Yeah. What, what, what do you think is going to rank above you? Do, you? do you really think their algorithm is going to favor you, even if you're paying more money? Yeah, doesn't no. make doesn't make a shit of difference. That's why I like prefer to have control over my business doing something where, like, you know, for Amazon, you don't get access to your customer data. You don't have that email list. You don't have a list of people you can broadcast offers to. Like, you're literally reliant on all of their customers, right? Like I, all of their I, flow. I, I know, and there's people there's people on there that that I know make good money, right? And they've said to me, oh, yeah, but we, 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 so basically what they do is they, they pay Amazon a clip for having their product on there. They get fulfillment by Amazon and pay for the storage of the product. And they, and they advertise through Amazon ads. And I'm like, don't you understand there's a, there's a fundamental issue there that all your eggs are in one big basket that predicated on your success, you're going to get your ass kicked. Like, yeah. because you are like someone's, they, they're going to come in. If they don't take it off you, there'll be another Amazon seller. Go and get it cheaper. Go and source it. Go and yep. break it. Someone with more money can jump in and undercut you way easily. Cause on Amazon, a lot of it is based on price. So it's a race to the bottoms. Like who can get stuff that's the same for cheaper? Yeah. And then that's going to be more favorable to customers. And, and yeah, so it's, but, and, and, and people on there set that, that tout these courses talk about building brand and they reckon brand is going to save them. But but I'm sorry, but having a having your own brand with a wicked name that's trademarked on a chopping board still does not still does not stop Amazon from kicking your ass, no. because they can they can come up with a better brand and go and get the same suppliers and know all the analytics as well and they'll go and absolutely smack you and like yeah. and, and and how people don't see it I know there's people making like you say me and you both know people that are making a lot of money but I also know that the sensible ones in that space are taking the money that they make and putting it into other other yeah. businesses they're not leaving it on Amazon yeah like they're building like Shopify stores with some of the money that they've now made from Amazon because so, they know like I've had discussions with these guys they're like yeah Amazon could kill us tomorrow and like they've had issues with Amazon where like one day they're making this much money and then the next day because something gets deranked or someone else yeah, gets yeah, more yeah. like you can literally wipe out hundreds of thousands of dollars so quick if you're not like at yeah. the top of it all the time. Whereas something, if you control your own e-commerce business, that's separate and independent yeah. of Amazon or another marketplace, it's something that if you are low on sales that day, run an email broadcast to your list with a special promotion. Cause you own the, the data, up. you own that. And that's an asset that you can sell. It's harder to sell an Amazon store that's doing a hundred K a month than it is to sell an e-commerce business like separate that's doing a hundred K a month with thousands of customer data. Well, yeah, because I, I I've seen the Shopify stores sell for, for millions of dollars yeah. because they've got like tens of thousands on the email list they've built up social media accounts so yeah. there's all assets there they've got good quality content they've got good quality products they control the whole narrative yes they may advertise on google yes they may do seo yes they may advertise on facebook yes they may run amazon ads or or, or placement ads on amazon doesn't matter but they're still diversified across the spectrum 100%. so how so when was it you first found Shopify and thought, okay, I'm going to, uh, I've tried all these businesses now, the Amazon FBA, the email marketing, all this other stuff. When did you, when did you find Shopify and think, okay, this is, this is, this is, this is where I can see some real growth. So this is an interesting one. Cause like 
I, I worked as a telemarketer when I was, I think in year 11 in high school. So I got a part-time job as a telemarketer. I was just, cause I was running my agency and I had a couple of clients and I was making like hundreds of dollars a week just passively from my agency. Um, and then all of a sudden what Google did for my AdWords clients that I was running as well, they called up my clients and said, Hey, we're going to offer now free AdWords management. And I'm guessing AdWords management because they wanted to basically just take the clients yeah. that not take them off me, but like just have clients that would, then <laughs> yeah. they could bump up spend. hundred percent. And on, on that, that's another classic example of how a big platform, the Facebooks, the Amazons, the yeah. Googles will, will nibble at you. They'll yeah. nibble at you. It's, it's, it reminds me of a, of a situation um, a few years ago when everyone was trying to get likes on Facebook pages. Mm. And then, and then you got a million likes on your Facebook page and now you can't reach 8% of your audience unless you pay to play, yeah. right? With pay to play with ads and all this kind of stuff. Like it's the same thing what they've done with you. They're, they're like, they want to increase the ad spend on the Google ads. So they're saying, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do it free, but we'll give you all these suggestions that you do that might not be the best for your business, but they're going to make you spend more money. <laughs> exactly right. So they basically poached that client off of me. And so then I went back to earning no money because that was my bread and butter. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's going to be hard to get more clients now. Um, for that AdWords side of things at that point. Again, like it was hard enough to get people to take me seriously when I was like 17, 16, 17 years old. Um, so I was like, all right, whatever. So when I was 17, I discovered, I was scrolling on my Facebook feed one day and I discovered an article that was, I think it was like a news article that people had shared. And it was about brands like Gymshark and MVMT watches and other e-commerce brands that were doing like stupid amounts of revenue. And so I jumped, I jumped over to the article and I was reading it and like something just clicked for me. And I was like, wow, if these normal, cause the, the, the article was literally just about how normal people have started these online empires with brands, such yeah. low overheads and all this like kind of stuff. Like yeah. the, 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 the appeal of the model is basically what they were talking about. So I was like, wow, if these guys can make so much money selling such simple products, to a wide audience using internet i was like why can't i like these are just dudes who are like in their 20s and stuff like that and i was like you know what if if they can do it and they're making tens or hundreds of millions of dollars why can't i do just one percent as well Well, i can afford to be 99 percent worse than them at what they do and still make money money. yeah so that was like a clicking moment because again i started to become analytical at that point like a bit more you know like yeah yeah. so i was like all right if i can do this and reverse engineer it then yeah so i just started and something that appealed to me was watches. Like I saw the MVMT guys, I saw the Daniel Wellingtons and I was like, wow, these guys are doing really well. Simple products, not nothing really special about them, but it was the branding and the marketing. And because I had my skills in uh, digital marketing at that point that I built up through my agency and other stuff, because I had content skills, because I've been doing like content work and stuff like that. The YouTube videos, it all, all of the stuff in my toolbox, because I hadn't been successful yet. Yeah. It was arming me in my toolbox to be able to take advantage of an opportunity at the right time. And people say I got lucky doing this, but it's actually luck is hard work mix, meets opportunity. Yeah, and you st- so, and like I was saying before, you stack them skills over a number yep. of years failing, yep. but you weren't. You were learning all the way. Yep. It's failing forwards, and it's not failure really. It's just learning. Like you must learn it's before feedback. you earn. You need yeah. feedback. You can't yeah. – there's, there's not a man that I've ever spoken to that's made millions and millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, that has ever made that much money that hasn't fucked up a few times big time and there's still people like there's still people i know that make millions of dollars online like yourself that will run a campaign or an ads campaign or do something and lose a shitload of money (laughs) like because because the biggest thing i've learned about the online world is no one has a fucking clue what they're doing 
really like when you when you actually when you actually break it down in a way yeah. we're, we're, we're all we're all just like fuck it you're just doing on the fly and then it, using the response that the yeah. data or the market the, gives you the, and being da- like, the oh, data right, is we'll the, this. the data is feedback but i don't i don't care what any brand like gymshark says gymshark do a lot of marketing that's like not been done before how do you know if it's gonna fucking work you just do it don't you yeah some of them have, have banged real hard for them this year but then the, the other day like a few months back someone replies back to a comment in the wrong context and then there's there's this whole racism issue on the back of it because yeah. it because it was because of, of so so you've got this whole this whole thing where it can bang or it can go seriously badly wrong and damage your brand right it's the same thing with what we're doing we're just we're just we're just throwing as much shit at the wall as we so fucking seeing can what sticks, and yeah. seeing what sticks what sticks that's truly that's truly how you get, that's how innovation works as well like you can't like you can model what works and replicate what's working but that's not really throwing shit at the wall that's doing something in a precise step yeah like reverse engineering which is what i did with my watches but now as i'm trying to do newer stuff and stuff that is more leading the way I'm. I've, I don't have any idea what I'm doing with certain things, but I'm throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And then once you know what sticks, you do more of that, and then you take some of that and you throw that again and see what sticks out of that. And then that's kind of the process. So, so what was it? What was so? So, so yeah. you decided that Dan, Daniel Wellington was the kind of like the watch brand that you're looking to because obviously he he you'd obviously seen him private label stuff and and, yeah. and bring and it in so and build a brand. What happened after I saw the article was literally that night after I read the article, like I went downstairs and I told my family, I was like, I want to start like a watch business. And they're like, what, why? And I was like, Oh, well these, all these, I literally just explained what I just learned in that article. So I went down at the dinner table. I remember we're having spaghetti and I was like talking about it. And then I was just like, Oh yeah, cool. You know, like encouraging like parents, a lot of parents are some aren't, but my parents were like, Oh, that's beautiful. Let me know how you go with that. Like, cool. Sounds good. I don't know if they took it seriously at the time or anything. Cause they knew I was into business stuff, but I'd not done anything yet. So they were just like, they were entertaining the idea of me doing stuff. And so I did that. Um, and I was told them about it. And then after dinner, I went back up again and I started researching like where to buy watches online, like cheap or like how to make a watch brand or how, yeah, how did yeah. Daniel Wellington do this? How did MVMT do this? And that, that kind of got me into the idea of reverse engineering. Cause I'm like, wait, oh, I've got no idea how to build a watch business. And I started thinking, how are these guys doing it? And not just how they're making money, like selling watches, but how is the top to bottom of their business working? So how are they manufacturing? How are they importing? How are they holding stock? How are they building a website? How are they making imagery? How are they running content? How are they running their socials? How are they shipping things? How are they scaling their ads? What ads are working? Like what, yeah, I, was, yeah. I asked all the questions that were critical for me to start to get to a point where I'm making sales. So that was questions that I had written down and was like trying to answer. So I started trying to find how to do a watch brand and manufacturing was my biggest hurdle because at the time in 2016, there wasn't really any of those guys on YouTube or Instagram or anywhere talking about e-com. It was a very new like opportunity yeah because the like back then it was like that was the that that was probably where Facebook ads started to really start getting traction for like marketing e-com brands. Yep. So I was very new to the game and little did I know it at the time, but like CPMs and your cost per advertising was so cheap then. And I, I wish I knew what I knew now back then, but you'd have put more money in it. Wouldn't you I would have put more money in? I would have known what I was doing and been more aggressive rather than being like happy with certain things. So I, the manufacturing was my biggest hurdle. So I was Googling how to like, how to do a watch brand. And there's all these like resellers, that they would make watches in the USA and ship them out. And I'm like, oh, they're $150 each. It's 
perfect stock. Business. And I was like, I can't make yeah. on that. I can't compete with 150 retail at 150 cost price. I can't do that. That's no money. So that discouraged me for a bit. And then I, after a lot more searching, I found out about um, platforms like AliExpress and Alibaba. So I, I did a lot of research for days before I even found it uh, back that back then whereas nowadays if you googled how to have a watch brand that would be the first thing that would be the first thing you see whereas back then the information wasn't readily formatted for you so i had to figure things out the hard way um and so i I did that went to alibaba i made an account um and again i was working as a telemarketer at the time so i had a little bit of money left available like i saved up a little bit because i'm living at home obviously after some expenses that i was paying but did that and then i just bit the bullet and bought all of the stock that i wanted to do how, how did you get the money to buy that stock? Was just that for your marketing? Yeah, yeah marketing. Well, I had a little bit of money for my marketing stuff that I was just burning through, like with my living expenses. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I, I saved up because I was earning okay money from telemarketing at the time. I was earning a lot more than my friends. Like a lot of my friends at other jobs were making $15 an hour. I was making $20 an hour plus bonuses. So like it averaged to like 25 an hour. Yeah, so yeah. I was yeah. doing quite well for a 16-year-old, 17-year-old. Um. So yeah, I had had some savings there. So I bought 300 watches and I was like, oh cool, I'm going to sell these and the retail value is XYZ. I'm going to make this much profit. I was like, cool. So I had them there and then I was like, how am I going to sell these things? Then it took me back to the drawing board of like, oh, how are all these other guys selling them again? And so I was modeling what they were doing. I'm like, okay, so I need cool photos. I need models wearing the watches. I need all of the the marketing collateral that these guys had. I needed to make a clean website. So I started uh, using Shopify, which is another thing that I was, because I was Googling like best e-commerce site makers. And then I realized that all of the top ones were using Shopify. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to model what works. I'm going to do what the, the guys who are making money are doing. So I made a Shopify store. And again, my first iteration of it is nothing like the iteration of it that exists now. So it's pretty shit to start with. And then as you start learning more, as you start, you know, looking at what the other people are doing, you start adding elements, subtracting elements, yeah, yeah, changing yeah. elements, taking better photos. Like it's just a, a, a upward. It's process. an iteration the whole yeah. way through. You're iter- iterating what you're doing. You, you're adding bits on. You're taking bits away. As the market changes, you got to add things to keep up and get ahead of people. So I did that, and then I struggled to make sales um, for a while, and I got teased a lot at school because people. I remember one time I was at. I went to a party, which I don't really do ever. I didn't ever go to parties, but I got invited to one and I went to one. And because I'd made the Instagram page before I even had my stock, it was just Elmore Lewis. Um, so I, I had the stock sitting there, had the page. You know how sometimes on Instagram it tells like your followers, oh, like Frankie Lee is now on Instagram. Yeah, as XYZ. Yeah, yeah. It must have broadcast to a few people at my school that like I'd made this page and it was like branded for watches and shit. And I went to the party and then like the first thing they were doing is, oh, it's Mr. Elmore Lewis, uh, watch brand entrepreneur. Like I was getting shit talked. Yeah, and it yeah. just like hit like hit me and I was like, oh, like I hate, I hate getting like bullied. And I got, like I've been bullied for a while because of my YouTube and my uh, marketing agency stuff and all that. Like you just get snide remarks and bullying and like just, just shit on for a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that kind of was like even made me more motivated to push forward on it. So I did that at the point that kind of put me in a really reclusive state where I would just sit there and I would just work all day, every day. And it would really just, I kept burning the midnight oil all the time, just trying to get this up and running. And like, I was like, I'm going to show these people like that I can do this. Yeah. Um, and again, I wasn't making any money. And then I started trying to play with Facebook ads and I just made really simple videos and photos of the watches and with my friends. Which, uh, which, which you could, you know, simple, could fa- simple Facebook ads. Yeah. 
worked those days, didn't they? Yep, and it still does. User-generated content, so stuff that looks actually... Authentic. <laughs> authentic, as if a customer had taken the photos and stuff like that is always going to work the best on a social media platform where the intention is to connect with other people, not buy shit. It's not yeah, eBay, yeah, it's not yeah, Amazon, yeah. it's a networking platform. So it needs to look like authentic recommendations. So I was doing that and I realized that like the CPMs were so cheap. I think I was getting a $2 CPMs now, which is like, it's some, it's probably around $15 now. Yeah. 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 Um, some higher, some lower, but yeah. So I was getting like seven times more bang for my buck in advertising back then. So I was, I was, and I was only spending a tiny bit of money cause I was like, Oh, I'm just going to keep plotting away, make a few sales. And I was making like, I think uh, a few sales a week. And I, I got in trouble a couple of times for leaving school during like lunchtime and during like my breaks in school to like drop orders off to the post office. <laughs> like I got back one time and like, where were you? And I was like, oh, I was dropping off some orders for my business. They're like, oh yeah, get get real. And like they almost tease you for it, the teachers. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, whatever. So you guys uh, have no idea. Yeah, you got no idea. But yeah, so I did that, and then there was a point in after school, just after school had finished, where I was like focusing on this. I was making like a thousand bucks a week or whatever. I was doing okay. And I was running ads to South Africa at the point. I started running ads because I'm like, all right, I'm going to try and see where else in the world besides Australia I can run ads. And I was just testing things. And I was running ads to South Africa and I started getting cheap, cheaper CPMs, cheaper clicks and more sales. So I was like, oh, maybe South Africa is like an untapped watch market. Little did I know that South Africa is like a ripe place for online fraud. So uh, what happened right, was yeah, I was yeah. selling watches hand over fist to South Africa. And there came a time where I was making like a couple thousand bucks a week out of that. But then you were getting you were getting Stripe coming at you with, with chargebacks. Yeah, so I got chargebacks coming in. One day I checked my account and there was like two chargebacks that day and that just wiped out like $380 or something. But yeah, you've sent the product. I've sent the... So every time I got a chargeback, I would lose... Say if I'm selling my watches for $180. Yeah. I've got my cost of goods. Yeah. I've got my advertising that I paid to acquire the customer. Yeah my taxes all the other like all of the other little add-ons i got yeah my my stripe fees i got the stripe chargeback fee which is like 25 dollars. so every time i would get a chargeback i'm losing more money than what i was given out of my account so i'm, I'm losing a shitload per, per chargeback and i got like dozens of chargebacks over the course of like a month after i'd sold a bunch of watches i don't know what happened there i don't know whether someone had bought one and then like i sent it even though it was like a risk of fraud or something like that and then they just tell their friends, oh, like, let's, let's buy these, get them sent here and then like sell them for cash or whatever. I don't know what they were doing, charge it back, credit card fraud, whatever it was. But they were doing that and I ended up in debt with Shopify. So I was in debt. I couldn't pay off the, the chargebacks that were coming in. So I, I was actually getting debt collection calls from Shopify saying, hey, you need to pay this money back. And I From just, Shopify? From Shopify, debt collections. Yeah. There's a girl called Stephanie from Shopify. She had like a Canadian accent and she would call me like during school and shit. And I remember... Um, Oh, no, sorry, this is not during school. This is after school. But like during the, the week and I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time and like I was I was with her and she'd be like, oh, who's calling? And I'm like, no one. Like, no one. And I was just trying to ignore the calls because I'm like, I've got, no, I've got no way to pay for this now. It's like I'd shut down my watch store because I had chargebacks on it. And then I'd also owe Facebook ads a debt as well because I'd tried to recoup the cost of the chargebacks with the remainder of my budget for Facebook ads. So I was at flat zero again. So I, was, I went from doing a right and being able to just live off of this kind a of... A few watch money, sales a week. Yeah, a, yeah. Few, a few things here and there, <clears> just like a couple thousand dollars. And I went from that to having no no money again. And so I was like, oh, what do I do? So I started doing Instagram 
and so I was like, I want. I was really inspired by Jay Alvarez and people like that. If you know, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Jay I was super inspired by him because he was living this empowered, like, sick travel lifestyle, like the fun, the girls, the partying, the money, all that shit. That yeah, you know, again, what I was what I was interested in as a young guy. I was like, this looks like the life. This is what I want to do. And so I started like I wanted to be like the Australian Jay Alvarez in a way, but in my own lane. So I was like, oh, I want to do like travel content. I want to do cool shit. And so I started working on stuff built up my Instagram using like shout outs and then like giveaways and other, you know, methods like follow on follow and some other stuff in the early days, which was exploitable. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, I was building this traction up. I was doing that for a bit when I was like, just, just living, just existing. I wasn't really doing anything. I was just doing that. And then I started doing content creation for brands. So this comes back to cold email. So what I would do is I'd find brands and I'd, cause again, I'd, I knew how to kind of do content. So I was like, all right, well, I can do freelance videography and content for people's Instagrams and brands who wanted better content than what they had. So I'd cold email and I'd cold email and I'd cold, cold email like hundreds of places. And occasionally I'll get a response being like, oh, hey, let's like chat about doing a deal. And so I'd make a bit of money here and there, like 500, 1,000 bucks, 1,500 bucks just from doing some Brand clean deals content. On, yeah. yeah on your so me and my ex and like me and myself and my friends, we would used to like go out and I'd get the, the deals or like the content deals and I would make the little videos and stuff. I did stuff for like kombucha brands. I did stuff for like other watch companies at the time when I didn't have one that was running. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I had an experience with a UK watch brand where I made content for them. It was like an $8,000 deal, which for me at the time was like Amazing. Eight thousand US or Australian? Australian, yeah. yeah like yeah. it was, it was a lot of money back then for yeah. me. Like when I, when you have zero money, just getting offered eight thousand for like two weeks of work is pretty good. So I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah! So I took up this project. I actually travelled overseas to make content with my ex girlfriend for this explicit reason of getting amazing content for these watches, for these guys. And then it came back, and I sent them all of the final content. And I'd spent money on the trip that I had. Like I had barely any money, but I invested what I had in this trip because I knew that the payday afterwards was going to be the 8,000. So I took right. a risk on myself and them and then they used my content and didn't pay me and were refusing to pay me because they didn't like the content but they were using it. It's, it's classic, classic influencer marketing trick, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, and, that's one of them, and that's one of them situations where I say to people, don't spend the money before it's in the bank. Yeah. But then again, me being young, I was a, I'm, I'm a risk taker. I'm a risk taker. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take the chance that they're going to be people of their word and pay like they said they would. Um, and they didn't. So I had to go through other means. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting $12,000 for that in the end. Oh, oh really? Uh, so I, you did get paid? Yeah, I did some stuff and got paid for, for that. Um, I figured it out and got, to, got through to them. Um, so that, that ended up getting me more money, which is actually beneficial. So I did a bit more work on the back end trying to get that money together and I got that off of them. Um, so I had money and I, I started going, all right, well, again, if I'm doing really good content for this watch brand and they're like doing this, like I can do it for myself now again. So, and then I just got inspired. I don't know what inspired me. I think it was just more people coming up and making money out of e-com. I'm like, I can do this as well again. Had that relapse where I'm like, I just need to give it another crack and take it seriously because I'd learned a lot more about business in the past several months in social media as well. Um, and ads. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it again. So I spent more money again on new stock. So I, and I hadn't even yeah. finished selling my other 300. So you fronted another payment. I front, yeah. fronted an, another payment to this um, supplier to get another 300 better watches. At this point, were the watches branded? Yep. 
So from day one, they were branded. Yeah, because I was a risk taker and I was telling my friends about this yesterday that came down from Sunshine Coast. I'm like, they're, they're like, you got balls to go all in on a product, that, like, on a business that you've got no idea will work yet by buying stock up front. And I'm like, yeah, because it lights a fire under your ass to get rid of the things. There's, yeah. a, there's a pro and con to drop shipping versus private label. Private label, you've got branded products. You can control the supply chain a lot better. You can control the quality, the logistics, the shipping. You can control... Um, you know, how the product looks and make it look higher perceived value than something that's more generic. But most people want to start with little risks. So my advice for newbies is to do drop shipping where you can actually assess whether a product is going to sell on the market. Whereas if you've got a bit of experience or you're ballsy and you want to, you've got a bit of capital to play with, do private label. It makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. But for me at the time, I was just ballsy and didn't really know much about drop shipping, so to speak. I wanted to build a brand like the other big brands had built. So I was like, I need to do that via a good product, like a really good product. So I ordered a better, like I spent time designing my watches and had like different designs. Like I even changed the second hand to have like an anchor on the end of it and some really other cool stuff, like beautiful packaging and stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to do this better than these other brands. Um so it almost came as a bit of a like a revenge against the brand that had done me wrong I was like I'm going to try and like take your market share and do like a better campaign than you and run ads and try and take your customers so I I I had a bit of budget left after I'd ordered my watches and I was like sitting on that and I was like alright cool and meanwhile through this whole time I was still doing influencer stuff and getting like brand deals so I was getting brand deals then for like 300 to a thousand to two thousand dollars for Instagram and what was your following at the time could have been 40, 50, 60, 70K around then maybe. That's, that's decent money to be getting paid at that, at Again, that following. Content, yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. And I had built up selling skills. So I was able to sell my value rather than just be like, oh, hey, I'm an influencer. Pay me a hundred bucks for a post. And then they're yeah. like, no. Like I'm like, oh, I can create content like this. I made influencer. Again, I cold emailed for Instagram brand deals. I cold emailed for content creation brand deals. I cold emailed for everything. Uh, and... I, I, you know, I built my yeah. business off off cold email too. Like every every big client that I've got, every big deal I've ever done has always been off the back of cold email. Yep. Like I've never I've never had um, any what I call top clients or really perfect clients from Google Ads or Facebook yeah. marketing or anything like that. Because it's like what and what I try and explain to people with in regards to the cold email. And the reason why I'm touching on this is because. You've now got the power in your hands because you can send that whenever you like. Yep. It you can all you can always do it. The cost to entry is nothing. The cost to entry is 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 effort. Yeah. And your effort, but you can reach anybody in the world by cold email, and it is yep. the most underrated skill 100%. online, and still is. That's why, like, when I was doing that, and I was again looking at the the conversion numbers. I'm like, if I send a hundred emails and get ten replies, I can get one deal, and that deal is worth this. Meaning that every email I send is worth this. Like I would break the stuff down like that and then that would kind of motivate me to be like every email I send is worth $4 or some shit. Like I was mm. like, <laughs> so let's do that. And then I customize the emails as well to make sure that they don't think it's just some templated email. Um, cause what it's like, cause if, like, t- everyone gets cold templated emails. They don't work. You've got to customize it to be a little bit specific to them, even a little bit uh, to get responses. Uh, yeah. And I, I agree with you. And I think, I think you customize the whole fucking thing. If you can, you can. But like what I was doing, I was just simply going the volume game because I was like, I just need to, I just need to be look because I'd send a media kit as well that I made and it would show my content, it would show my stats, it would show what I've done, my brands I've worked with about me, like it would show that stuff on a PDF that I would attach. Yeah, beautiful. And so they would be able to see, okay, well, he sent me an email. Oh, 
Because them, the process of them replying and then trying to get on a call or get on an email thread just and discuss stuff takes too long. So I was like leading with value first. I'd lead with like a tip. I'd lead with something like that. I'd show them my portfolio. And if they like the work, they're like, oh yeah, what's your prices? Like, how do we, how do we do something? And from that second point, when they would reply, that's buyer intent. So I'd take that and I'd be like, all right, cool. Well, I can do this for you. And then that's the point where I'd do completely customized emails and be like, all right, well, I've looked at your brand. I think I could do this or this or this. Watch which option makes more sense. Yeah. So I do that. So I was making money off that, by the way. So that, that was just context of what I was doing to fuel my my watch business. Yeah. Um, so again, this is like mid, early to mid, so 2017. And then I was going to take my watch brand really seriously. So I didn't really 100% know Facebook ads at a high level. I was just making a campaign for conversions, making an ad set that looked good and chucking up a few ads in there. Like I was just basic, but it worked at the point when I was doing it. But I wanted to take this thing seriously big I wanted to do a thousand a day, two thousand a day, three thousand a day, like a million dollar company. I wanted to build that, so I contacted a advertising agency that was at the time I think based in the Gold Coast. I'm not going to say their name because uh, they kind of misrepresented what they were offering. Yeah, and they told me they knew I was like a young dude, like I was a young guy, like eighteen, nineteen, and they're like, "Oh yeah, let's uh, we're going to sell you out of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of stock by Christmas." And I'm like, really? And they're like, yeah, easy. Look, we've done all of this for this brand, this brand, this brand. Like, yeah, just pay us $4,000 a month and as a retainer and then 10000 minimum ad spend. So they wanted a commitment from me of minimum $14,000 a month. I wasn't making anywhere near that. I wasn't making anywhere near that. But because of the dangling the carrot thing again, which I'm grateful for now, but because the, the allure was sitting right in front of me, I was like, yeah, all right, it's cool. So I sent over the $4,000 as a retainer and then I started allowing them to obviously bill my card for 10 grand a month for the ads. Like that's what they were going to budget. So it was like 333 bucks a day or whatever it is. Um, so I committed to that and I was like, all right, well, if I can make like four sales a day, five sales a day, I can just keep the, keep the lights on, keep moving up. But I'm like, all right, well, best case is they sell me out of 150,000 by Christmas. They're like, yeah, you're going to have to order more stock soon. Like all of the, all of the big marketing type sales pitches. Yeah. So I'm like, oh yeah. So I was hyped off, off the Zoom meeting that we did. Signed off the thing, sent the money, blah, blah, blah. Next few days they spent building up my campaigns and then like by week two they were up. Um, and so they, I'd given them all my awesome content. Like I'd made awesome content that was like really fucking solid. Um, heaps of UGC style content, user generated content, heaps of like flashy lifestyle stuff. So I like hired a jet for a photo shoot and had models and stuff. Like I had really good content. And none of the other watch brands, even Daniel Wellington at that time, had that level of content. And I still don't think any other like Instagram watch companies have done like the lifestyle level stuff that I've done. Yeah. So I think I'm, I've led the way with content, especially back then. Um, so I had a stunning content and I did like a boat party and like did content for that as well and had amazing stuff, especially planned out for the rest of the year. So I gave them that and then it started not working. Like they weren't making sales off of it but they were making just enough to kind of keep me flatlining in terms of my profit. So I was, I was losing a little bit. So it was like, yeah, I'd make money, but then like the profit after paying that four grand a month, 10 grand a month in ads, yeah, I was probably making like 20 K a month in sales, which is pretty abysmal. So I was losing money cost. Like I was getting rid of stock. wasn't making money. And then it came a point where I was pretty, pretty broke again. Like I had not much money. This was coming up closer to Christmas in 2017 and I had to cancel the contract. I was like, I'm not going to keep paying you. You guys have, have not sold me out. You're not making me money like you said. The ROAS is pretty abysmal. Turn on ad spend is low. 
So I was like, I, I can't keep paying you your retainer. I need to stop. Like you guys can't keep charging me. You promised this. You're not. You're not even. Delivering you're not delivering anything, anything, anything close yeah. to it. Um, and so I kind of demanded that they cancel it. They said, No, you can't cancel it. You're in the contract. If you cancel it, we'll come after you for the rest of the money. And I'm like, I'm just a kid. I, you, you know, you understood my circumstances. Like I understand I signed a contract, but you guys aren't doing anything near what was said. And I'm like, I understand it's not in your hands whether or not customers buy my stuff, but when you promise 150k by Christmas, and then you don't deliver anywhere near that, like that's, that's it's not it's not even in the same ballpark because yeah. you probably delivered about about 50 or 60. Yeah, just break even. 50. Yeah. yeah. So I was I had about 300 dollars in my bank account by the time I got and I had because I paid them out of the of the contract. I'm like, fuck you guys. Like I'm just gonna get out of it. Like I was just I don't want any of this drama. So how much extra did you have to pay? Uh, probably another, another 4,000 something yeah which I which well, you didn't have yeah well I did have but no, then I didn't have after that so I sent that out um, and it was Christmas Christmas day in 2017 I was at a family event with my ex-girlfriend at the time and like she was just like oh why are you so moody and I was like oh I just like I feel like the whole year's just been wasted I've just spent all my money like I'd had all this grand vision again for this and I did all the marketing stuff. I hired an advertising agency, but I was playing it all perfectly for building a big brand, um, especially after overcoming a lot of the other adversities and shit. Yeah. And so at that point, I was like, oh, I think e-com's not for me. I think it's not going to work. It's a, it's, a, it's a fallacy. It's not real. It's not going to work easily, at least, with the budget that I have. So Christmas Day, I was really like disappointed and mopey and like all my family were like, why are you so sad? Like, and I just couldn't help it. I was just like in such a defeated attitude, which I don't usually get. I don't get defeated like that, but I was so defeated. Um, and I had this crossroads moment that afternoon, actually later that night, where I was like, oh, like I've made some money in sales and like the product sells to an extent. But this advertising agency as well, they also had spelling errors in the ads. They had grammatical errors in the ads. URLs were going to the wrong page. Like there's just a lot so of you just set up to lose, weren't you? Really? Yeah. And it, it made me think about it. It's like no one cares about your business as much as you care about your business. Like images were cropped where like the product wasn't even in the photo. It's just stuff that is just I don't know if they've out like outsourced it to the, some Philippines agency that does has has no quality control or something. I don't know what it was going on, but um yeah. So I I had this crossroads moment on Christmas Day, 2017, where I'm like, oh well, I've got three hundred dollars left in my account. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all in. Fuck it. Like I'm gonna just do it. So I budgeted and I, I saw somewhere in a forum on Facebook that a Boxing Day sale was like going to be a good move. Yeah. So I ran some, uh, I set up some ads based on what this agency was doing that worked and then also learning from what didn't work. And so I made my own campaign. I did my own structure. I made it the way I wanted to make it. And it was a pure gamble and I had 300 bucks left and I was like, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to roll the dice. My my mindset was if I made money, then I'd keep going and I'd try, like I'd keep trying to just make a little like, bit more, light, make a little light more. the fire. If there was a few sparks, I'd keep trying to like light it until it took off. Or if that day, if Boxing Day, I, I burned through my money, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with e-com. I'm going to go find like a marketing job or start some other business or do some other shit. But e-com was not for me. So that night I launched my ads live and I, I said, all right, I'm going to spend my whole bank account tomorrow on my ads. Whatever happens, happens. And I just went to bed with that still defeatist, but like I was just, I was just defeated. I was just like, whatever. I just wanted, I wanted to almost harm myself. Like I was like, I'm just going to put my just money dump in and just it dump in. it. If yeah. I lose it, then that's me just like, yeah. Well, what's $300 at this point? You've already lost exactly, like yeah. 20, 30K, <laughs> ain't you? Yeah. I was, well, I was proper in, in for it, but 
what happened was then I like later that night after the ads were approved and started running um I had my phone in the other room and it was just like a cha-ching sound went off like Shopify cha-ching went cha-ching and my girlfriend was still up and she like was like oh you just made a sale and I'm like whatever and I would roll kind of roll back to sleep because one sale oh wow it's gonna keep keep me going and so then like another uh, I think it was like an hour later like it's like I was pretty much asleep and then she's like oh another one and I'm like yeah whatever so yeah cool whatever it's, it's working woke up in the morning I was like oh, woke up went over walked over opened my laptop checked it I'd made like 1250 bucks while I was sleeping which is fucking insane considering what was going on previously yeah so the, I was I was like shocked I got scared I wasn't happy I got scared because I thought that I'd budgeted 3000 for the day instead of 300 because the like the returns didn't add up to what I was used to. So I was like, oh, did I type an extra zero? Am I going to be in debt with Facebook again? Oh. So that whole day, I remember my, like I was telling my family and like my ex-girlfriend at the time and every, everyone was like, I'm not checking my ads manager. I can't, I'm not going to check my ads manager. I'm too nervous to see if I've spent 3000 or 30,000 or like, I, I thought something must be wrong for it to be working like this. That day I made $7,000. Fucking hell. So it was this crossroad moment, bro. Like literally, I don't know. I've t- like told my parents that day and they're like, the universe is telling you something. And I'm like... So you made $7,000 out of $300? Yep. Which it That's why I was scared that I'd spent the money because it was such a difference. And what I put it down to is that I actually had looked at the data. like that, And you'd analyzed what worked. I'd analyzed what was getting clicks. I, I put that stuff and I made some fresh ad creatives that were like, I was like, oh, I could improve on this with this. And then I would put the offer in and I like made really cool ads. I made good copy and it was like a 40% off sale offer. And so what I put it down to that worked that well was because all of the ad spend that I'd spent previously and all of the shit that I'd gone through and all the people who knew the brand and liked the product, but perhaps were waiting for a sale. I hit the people who perceived the value to be the 180 and I was like, I'll get it for 120. That was the offer. And so I hit all of the people in my retargeting audience who had seen the product, but I'm like, oh, there's a scarcity, urgency sale, and limited, like limited. So all of the like act now kind of sales jargon yeah. worked in converting all of those sales. And then that week I made about $25,000. So you just you just took some of that seven grand and pumped it straight back in the house? I kept running the campaign. I didn't turn off the Boxing Day sale for that week because I'm like, I can't, like this is too good. I'm not going to stop something that's working. So I was doing that. I can't still be running that Boxing Day sale now. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, in a way, technically, like I am running sale ads all the time, but it's like yeah. retargeting and stuff. It's a funnel that I like to talk about in my program as well. Um, how you structure like tiered offers and stuff like that. But that fully just set me out. And I remember going to dinner with one of my friends, Alex, that week after. And I showed him my bank account and there was like $20,000 in it. And he was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, dude, I think I've cracked it. And so that year, I just kept doing it. And I realized that what you do for something that's primarily gift-focused, like people buy watches a lot more as gifts than you might think. Like yeah. it's gifts. It's such a simple gift. Like I don't know what it is about. Yeah, it's just an easy gift, right? Yeah. Um, and there's high perceived value on them as well. So when you give someone a beautifully, because it's branded nice, if you give someone a beautifully branded product with like a sale offer at the right time, at the right time of year, you'll get sales. It can convert well. So I was like, all right, I'm going to capitalize on Valentine's Day. So then I ran a similar ad strategy on Valentine's Day. I ran like the normal ads and then Valentine's Day did my pre-hype strategy, which I talk about. Yeah. And like has worked extremely well consistently. Did you do like a his and hers type thing? 
bang on. So I added my website and I had another friend who's doing really big numbers on Shopify as well. He's like, oh, structure your homepage to have like a men's and women's thing right at the top. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Makes sense. Because then as soon as someone goes on the website, first of all, as soon as someone lands on your e-commerce store website, they need to know what the product is, what the brand's about, whether or not they resonate with it, what like what genders it appeals to, what age group it's like meant for. You need to have all of the questions bang, answered. But it needs to bang all straight on, up. Straight up. Straight up. Yeah. So on my homepage, if you go and look at it uh, at elmorelewis.com, you can see that the homepage is very particular about every decision. Like everything that I've added on there has been as a result of me analyzing data, analyzing trends, looking at what's working, like studying customer behavior and psychology like there's a there's even on the on the shop women's part there's like a beautiful blonde girl with like a watch up that's looking and then she's looking at the guy's watch on the side like that's where your eyes are drawn to her to look at the watch meaning that your customer psychology if you look at that you automatically perceive the watches as better because a girl who's deemed attractive is looking at the man's watch so if you're a guy looking at that watch you see oh blonde girl looking at that watch oh she's obviously going to give attention if i have one of these that's all of the thoughts if that makes sense it's yeah like yeah, yeah. And, th- and those are thoughts that you don't even know are going on yeah you don't know you subconsciously don't realize yeah. yeah so all of these little things do matter and so i learned all of this stuff and i kept implementing it but like the thing that worked really well on valentine's day where i was banging it i was just banging it hard then was i was running ads to oh, men to men for women and but but saying that they get a watch themselves so they're not actually buying their Mrs. Valentine's gift because it's free <laughs> is that what you're doing no not quite that but what I would do is I'd run ads um, and I, got, I used my ex-girlfriend a lot for like modelling and stuff like it was really good I really appreciate her for that as well um, helping me out in a lot of those ways but I would film like my wrist yeah as the guy wrist obviously um, and I would talk over it. So I would talk over it and be like, hey, girls, if you're wondering what to get your guy this Valentine's Day, check out this watch brand or like this, these watches here. Swipe up. We've got a, a sale on right now. You get 30% off with the code LOVE30. Make sure you swipe up. Free shipping right to your door. Um, get him the perfect Valentine's Day gift sorted. Yeah. And I'd just run those ads and it would just bang and they'd get clicks. And, and I'd run it to girls in a relationship or married or de facto. Yeah, 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 and I would like run it leading up to Valentine's Day, so that during that time, like girls are on their Instagram and Facebook, and they're like, "Oh, oh, cool, a, a guy's watch. Oh, that looks like a a good watch. Oh, my boyfriend probably like it." And I've literally told them, "I'm like, if you don't know what to get your guy for Valentine's Day, this is a perfect gift. You're telling them what you want them to do." So many people put offers in front of people on and don't ads. tell them what they want them to do. Yeah, they, but they don't give someone a clear call to action or a reason to buy. Like, there's it's logic. I used logic and emotion to make people make what I like do what I wanted them to do. Yeah. And it's just simple. It's so simple, but I over, I overlooked it for a, for that longest time. And still so many people overlook it. Even people that I tell you like how to do it, they don't understand that you've got to give it, make a logical case for why that product makes sense at that time and how to get it. And like give them precise next steps to get the product. And that, that you've got to baby them through that whole sale from the point they see your ad to, to swiping up or clicking to the point they go to the website to which button they click on there to look at which collection. And you've got to have like a the popular items that stand out that people click there. And then you've got to beckon them to click the add to cart button. Then you've got to take them to checkout. And then you've got to get them through the checkout. And like there's all of these little layers that takes. I know. And, through, and through every one of those layers that you're talking about, there is drop off. I was just about to say drop so, off. So you've got to have a good recovery 
sequence yep. of emails that yep. go out you know say said have put their email in and they've added it to cart and yep. you email them and you say okay hey monica i noticed that you didn't buy the watch you've left it in your cart you've left it in your car use this code to get this amount off or like get free shipping you'd have like an automated sequence yeah and again because you own that data you can harass them like in a friendly way you can just keep messaging them you like, can hey, keep poking the back yeah and like you can even do sms marketing as well which is really effective and has good open rates you can also do your retargeting as, as well as like you're retargeting ads. So reaching someone after they visited your website or engaged with an ad or engaged with your socials or added something to cart and being like, hey, you've left this in your cart and it would come up on your Facebook feed. Those have the highest ROASs. Like I was getting ones, I had one ad that got like a 1300 ROAS, meaning that I spent a dollar on it and it had made like $1,300. That's crazy. Like there's, you just see the, 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 the like, that's in like a breakdown though. So like there was this one ad that was like, I think it, you know what it was. I think people were buying wedding. You know when people go to weddings and they have like they buy like several watches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, I don't know. For I was, wedding, I was for having the, for like the groomsmen. Yeah, I was having hell sales like that where like people would bang in like thirteen hundred dollar orders. And I'm like, you know what? Why? Because of the high perceived van brand. Sorry, not van brand. Like yeah. I had people. I had the photos of like guys in suits with a private jet, like looking handsome with like their watches. And I'm like, yeah. So like groomsmen are looking at that and being like, I want to look like that on my wedding day and shit like that. And they would buy them and they'd buy them in bulk. And I had emails, I'd have customer support emails come in, um, which I'd see, which are like, Oh, Hey, I'm looking at getting a nine of these or like seven of these or five of these. Can you do me a good deal? And I'd write back personally and be like, Hey, thank you so much. Yeah. I can do that for you. If you want to go ahead and add these to cart, then use this, this unique code that I would give them a unique code for like their wedding. And then they'd buy them and I'd be like, Oh sick. I just made like 600 bucks. Just from yeah, answering an email, it, it, like, it, it's crazy, isn't it? Like yeah. what you could, the power of econ when you start getting it right. Yeah, how things can change so quickly. But it's just like watching, like listening to you articulate that, and how hard it was. There's so many points in time that you can just quit. So many points. It's in easy. Time. It's easy to quit than to keep pushing forward, and that's why so many people do quit, and that's why so many businesses do fail. It's not due to you not being competent. It's you not being resilient and not persevering yeah. anyone can literally build an e-commerce business anyone i don't care what the, what you say whether it's like, oh it's, it's saturated can you actually sell things online absolutely there's so many people out there you'd be naive and stupid to think that you can't sell 10 things a day at 100 bucks and make yourself a thousand bucks a day you'd be stupid in, in a world full of nine billion people with um an estimated growth in e-com of like thousands of percent from here it's ridiculous it's like the the opportunity i think is 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 phenomenal like i would i mean i'm going to talk to you about after this after the podcast anyway but i would love to get into e-com yeah because i sell services yeah and services have to be delivered yeah, right. I understand. So it's like for me, it's still a it's still a, a swapping time for money thing. Not only for myself, but for my staff and things like that that I've got. Um, it's still it's still it's still a lot. It's good money. Don't get me wrong. It's high ticket. It's good money. It's great business. But it's like, is it the best business for scaling? Probably not as not as faster scale as when you do find something that works in the e-commerce yeah. space. Because literally when you find something that does work in something like e-commerce or digital products or anything, you can scale it just by adding more money to yeah. the outreach or methods more, or more, more rocket volume. fuel. Yeah, more yeah. volume to getting people to it off. If you know something converts at 5% and you know that for every website visitor you make $4, then you, your game is then about how many you can pump to that website to earn the $4 per person average you know, earnings per click. Like that is your whole game. You've got the systems. And the most powerful skill 
that you could ever learn in the world to compound your money is paid ads. Yeah, hundred percent. There's there's no there's no other there's no other skill in the world where you can get the same return on your money as paid ads. Hundred percent. That 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 is the game. That is the game. Um, that there's literally not. I don't care about Warren Buffett. I don't care about Steve Jobs. I don't care about Apple. I just care about the fact that if you can take one dollar and turn it into ten, you'll never have to worry about money again. Yeah, because you learn the skills and the whole like learning the skills of getting clicks is just super people overcomplicate it so much and like people don't understand that if you can articulate why logically and emotionally it makes sense to do something that's it like if you're trying to sell someone on something people if you're going to take any takeaway away from this podcast it's make it make sense like if you're no matter what you're selling to anyone if you can make the person nod their head when you're talking about a specific thing it makes sense they will pay you money or like it'll you can transact like if i'm explaining to you about uh you know you like you were explaining to me about the other day about bitcoin yeah right if you were going to sell me on a bitcoin and after that discussion it made sense to me you could have pulled out a like yeah a bitcoin atm and been like chuck it in mate like you could have what, just what, been like that what um what do you don't have to tell me about the money that you made on you made on that decision but what was the percentage increase in your bitcoin from what from when i told you to get yeah. in to 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 what you got? Well, what just did, what just I, percentage, yeah. not I, money, not money percentage. What did I tell you that I had? I'm not I'm not going to mention what you told me in terms of money that you had in the bank or anything like that. That, yeah. that. That's no one else's business. What what I'm saying to you is, I said I said to you to go and write down the things that you want to invest yeah. in. Then you and and I said, look, I think I think you should look at this, 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 and this, and this. One of them was Bitcoin. Yeah. You made a decision on how much you're going to put in. Yep. I'm saying, what was the growth on that? Okay, so I put. Um, I ended up having about. I think I had like three to five percent of money in in crypto at that point, but then now it's like ten. Yeah, so doubled down. Uh, yeah, yeah. You double. You doubled down, and that was great. But like in terms of like the actual, the actual say my returns. Yeah, your oh, turn. Right. Was it? Was, so, was did did oh, it go up ten percent? Did it go? Up I was just like in the last month now i'm just gonna be i'll I'll say the number that it's gone up because no one has to know what's in it but like it's up almost eighty thousand now in the last month yeah i know i was so i was so happy because the the one key thing i told you in that conversation i said to you i personally and this is it wasn't investment advice to you i said (laughs) i said said, you need to i said you need to choose this yourself but what happens i said what happens when an institution like Tesla or Apple buys Bitcoin and I said they fucking will do yeah. and then literally, literally he bought it and then four days later they the, Tesla dumped 1.5 Tesla, Tesla yeah. billion in it and I messaged you and we were both like, sat fuck. there like like kids yeah. at Christmas because because our, and, and, our positions our, went up and our positions in Bitcoin are pretty much the same actually at the moment obviously you've got a lot more money to put in than me um, continually but like um but yeah, no, I was so buzzed Bro, for you, mate. I was so it's buzzed. Such a good move. And then there was that other coin, um, Cardano. Yeah, which I don't, went up yeah, big, and it's going to probably keep growing. I, I don't, I don't have any of that. I mean, the only thing I buy, the only thing I buy in in, in um, crypto is Bitcoin and and, yeah, the, and ETH. I've and, got and that. both of those too. And I got some rent. I got some rent because I just think it's a little bit of a punt. But yeah. but yeah, like I, I just think that I just think the ones 
as soon as it makes sense to me is like will institutions use this to hedge against inflation and loss of capital because because of, of the mass money printing that's going on in the economy as soon as i saw that that was the trend and that was the narrative that's why i said to people like you that had a mass amount of um, money on the sidelines sat from from making your e-com i'm like well, the, fuck that like here's here's the narrative here's where it's going I can see it. If you can see it too, I think you should do this. And, 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 and it worked. And it was just a game of articulating. And in terms of making something make sense to someone, right? Mm. All you've got to do is when, when someone's making a decision, they yeah. play out two movies in their mind. They play out mind movies. So there's one movie which is a positive narrative yeah. and a negative narrative. Now, yeah. unfortunately, most people's, and fortunately and unfortunately, most people's mind movies are always negative because human brains are more negative about everything. It's just the way we are. We don't look at things as, oh, wow, yeah, I'm going to get into Bitcoin. It's going to go to one, one billion a coin. Like That's not where our mind originally goes. It's like, oh, what if I lose my money? Right? Yeah. Those are the two mind movies. So the job when you're selling something to someone, you've got to basically try and shorten the bad mind movie and make like the risk to reward extremely high in reward and very limited in risk. So anytime someone's buying something, whether it's like, you know, content removal whether it's like a course whether it's a watch whether it's a fucking oven or a set of chairs or a camera that people are following through on each side of the the mind movie they're like oh well buying this couch be a good experience or a bad one is going to have more reward to it than the money's worth because money's just a store of energy so people mm. are like and you, need, and you need to have that store of energy working for you yeah so when you make it make sense then you know now now that again tesla's dumped 1.5 billion dollars into that. Into Bitcoin, yeah. For a lot of other companies, a lot of these other big companies, they have, they have it to makes follow. Sense now it makes sense. They have to. And it's funny. I saw a statistic today actually that apparently since Tesla bought that position up, they've made I think almost as much money just in gains off of Bitcoin than their entire like revenue for the past year. They've made more money from the gains, right? If Bitcoin value halved, they'd have it as a tax write off yeah, anyway, right? So if Bitcoin goes down in value. They have that as a tax write-off against their balance sheet and their profit that year, right? Yep. Or that month or that quarter through the SEC. If Bitcoin doubles in value, they don't have to pay any tax on that because, until they're, they're, because, it, because they're not realizing the success of it. That's the first thing. The second thing is, like, they've just legitimized the whole, the whole game. They've just legitimized it. Other companies have to follow suit. But before Tesla were involved, PayPal and Square, MicroStrategy, yeah. Grayscale, they were all investing in it. Billions. This is an institutional play. And if you are on the boat, then I'm not. And, and look, I can't give anyone an investment advice. But, you know, Bitcoin is the game. There are a lot of other coins that are going to pump 100% and drop 50 and all this stuff. But Bitcoin is the game. Just buy $20 a week. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just have, have a little punt. Because... I can't see you like losing mass amount of money on it. Yeah. Like uh, the way I think about it is like, if you can have like, even, even if you put 1% to 5% of your net worth into Bitcoin, the risk of Bitcoin going to zero, meaning that you have a total loss of your net worth of say one to 5%. Yeah. The odds of that happening are far lower than Bitcoin doubling. And therefore now you've added another 5% to your net. Like, if Bitcoin uh, uh, halves, you've lost, say, 2%. Or like Bitcoin that. from here could go up 10, 20x, or it could go, or it could go, or it, or it could half, right? I don't so, see it going below that, hey. I, 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 look, it's yeah. not, it's not going to zero yeah. because, because there's too many institutions now involved and there's too many, um, people in, in high government that, that also have, have the asset plus. 
right? So the chances of it going to zero are are really fucking low, really yeah. fucking low. And the chances of it going north by a hundred times of what it is now are pretty fucking good. So it's like you know you can either you can, uh, me personally the way that I invest money and I, and you know that I am I don't I don't I've not generated as much revenue as you have but yet. you one thing yet yet but one thing you do know about me is I don't buy that I don't buy the Balenciagas or anything or any flashy shit I just literally like make money and fuck it all off into investment put it to work for uh, you. yeah because it needs to bring me back something otherwise there's no point having it but uh, to me it, and and investment to me is marketing it's bitcoin it's e-com it's what whatever 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 it's pr it's yeah. it's anything they're all investments to me but but i am i invest into stuff and, and and get it get it get it working it's not sat in the bank looking at it, it's no good for me yeah because that, that's not gro- value yeah you're yeah. just losing losing value and you're not losing two percent there you're losing like 20 so it's like yeah that's just that's just where it is but but mate i it, that is one thing that um the one the one thing that i really the key thing is that i want you to get about that and why you mentioned that and i'm glad you mentioned it and then we're going to go back to ecom but the one the one key thing was uh, you said you came in you came in, we, we were sat there talking and you told me your target right and your target was here so your target you had set a really fucking high target for yourself and i was buzzed because i want to see you win yeah so you i was buzzed that you set this real hard target and then you told me you had this and i'm like well why do you have that there if that if your target is there and then you and then you <laughs> your eyes kind of like opened up and you were like well fuck i can't hit the target if i don't use this yeah, fuel 100%. so you had all you had all this jet fuel in 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 the and a lot of people do this a lot of people have this jet fuel or this this energy stored within their system whether it's physical energy or whether it's monetary energy or whether it's ambition or whatever they have it all stored within their system but they won't fucking execute on where they want to go but if you want to go to 100 mil you can't leave x amount at, off the table sat there doing nothing yeah. because you're that's not your target your target is there yeah so that was that was the be- the beautiful thing for me wasn't the fact that you made some money out of that investment wasn't the fact that you made a good investment for yourself was the fact that you saw that if you want to get to this level you had to play a bigger game yeah. than what you're playing because yeah. you're playing too safe for the standard of what you expected from yourself and I yeah. think that was the most that was the thing that I buzzed off not the money I think it, again it, like like we said the other night it came down to like when you make when you come from humble beginnings or whatever like that yeah. and then you start seeing you know millions and millions of dollars you go oh shit well I'll save I it. need to save it and like put it away and like oh I could potentially retire on that if I wanted to but like now realizing like you know I've got XYZ here and there and everywhere I'm like oh I gotta take it out of more conservative shit especially when there's like a new gold rush opportunity and at least allocate more of a percentage to where like we talked about the risk and the reward is in my favor rather than being yeah. conservative and safe because I'm too young to play safe now. Yeah, like, yeah. If I yeah, lose yeah. everything, I can rebuild. You've you've got you've got the. It's not about being. It's it's not risky. about it's not yeah, about being risky. It's about looking where the world is going, and just putting your money to work where the world is going. If you've got a brand like like you have that's making seven figure, you turn off seven seven figure profit lines. You once you've paid your tax, you've got you've got five hundred k there sat there, or you've got a million, or you or you've got however much money you've got sat on the sidelines. Once you've put that, once you've charged your business and you've and you've paid for your ads, and once you've char and, and you've paid for your staff and you, all your virtual assistants and all your ads and, and all your video creation, once you've done all the tax write-offs with it, and you got and you've paid your tax and paid the tax man and all that, you, you got to kick you got to kick that off and start 
to 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 generate for you. Yeah. It's got to go. It's got to go out and bring you babies. Otherwise, what the fuck's the point of yeah, money? M- money yeah. money is not meant to be sat there and looked at. You are yeah. meant to spend it, and you are meant to spend it on shit that brings you more money. That's but, the game. Like you got to look at the compound interest of it, which I, I was accounting for. Like even at the rate that I was going conservatively. I was going to come pretty close to the goal that I'd set, but I wasn't going to surpass it or I wasn't like, that was playing safe. Again, I want to get there younger. I don't want to be worth a hundred million by like the time I'm 65. I want to get there when I can enjoy it all and, and reap the rewards of it. So Mate, you do, there, you do phenomenal. Gains. How old are you now? 23? 22. 22 years old, bro. 22 years old. And, and you've done multiple seven figures online, multiple seven figures. You'd stacked a mass amount of energy in a, in 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 what you're holding, mate. What you've done is nothing short of phenomenal. And 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 like you say, to hit your target, the hundred million target, you you gotta be. You got you gotta go. You got buying Apple at a hundred dollars and and riding it up over a few years to three hundred dollars is not the same as plugging into something where mass adoption is about to occur or mass yeah. mass movement of the market is about to occur and and there's a few things out there at the moment where where there's like whether it's whether it's e, there's a massive opportunity in esports yeah true. i know we've got on a bit onto this investment topic now but yeah. me and you buzz off this anyway no, but, I love it, yeah. but like e, esports is a massive game right there's going to be 5 6 10,000% growth in something if you if if you buy the right company within esports right now there's going to be 5 10,000 15,000% growth if you pick the right one and 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 that that's what gets me fucking excited if you pick the right ai play you if you pick the right one they go to the moon now there's a lot of obviously you as a person me as a person and everyone else listening has got to pick the right racehorses all i'd say is you ain't going to get fucking rich by 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 putting your money in index funds don't get me wrong i hold them as a hedge i hold them i hold index funds i invest every week and it's a safe play it's if but 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 like if you want to get fucking wealthy so you can actually really <laughs> yeah. help people because that's what people don't understand people think money's evil mate you have to go and get fucking bundles of cash as much cash as you can fucking amass so i can help more people now yeah. i can touch more people's lives i can i can i can help how can i help that that child who needs life-changing treatment that costs 50 grand if i haven't got the 50 fucking grand yeah the, people make money evil and that's and that's and it's not fucking evil. You need this fuel to be able to go and help more people. Yeah. And that's all I so, want it for. And that's yeah. I, I know that's what you want it for yeah. too. Going just to finish off on the on the on the watch brand stuff. You you then created this brand, um, and you, and obviously you scaled it through the Valentine's Day offer pumped. You're now creating all this cash flow, right? When did you decide to go and take what you'd learned and? put it into a course so you can help other people exactly so it kind of happened i think i had the idea for it after because obviously again i was on instagram right i was on instagram i was posting a lot about my life i was sharing my journey that i was on so if you've followed me i don't know who's watching this if you've followed me for like since 2016 2017 2018 you probably have seen my growth be very crazy since then but like i used to start posting about like my watches i was like posting when i was shipping them out manually and doing all that like i'd yeah, I, I saw that. I saw, of, I, I saw a lot of that stuff. I saw the, I saw the behind the scenes because you were boxing them, packing them, and everything, fucking them up. I used to yeah. smash, smash that hard. Um, all like I was just smashing it and just go, like you know, yeah, working yeah, yeah. on all the pieces in my business by myself. Because at the end of the day, no one cares about your business like you. That was before I really wanted to delegate things. 
but that at that point, yeah. So I was sharing a lot about that stuff. I'd share some of the some of the big days that I was having, you know, thousands of dollars a day, blah blah blah. And like I was, you know, when especially when I bought my first Mercedes when I was twenty in cash, the the white one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, oh yeah, it's a big achievement for me. And like for me, that was again, a, it was a silly financial decision. Um, purely because everyone tells you to like buy things in cash when really nah, it's, and I it's did poor, the same it's a poor person mindset thing it's like you've yep. got to own it in cash so that like oh if for some reason you can't pay for your finance it doesn't get repossessed or like there's the limiting belief it's like oh you don't own it if it's not yours Like, mate, mate can I can I tell you two of the, yeah. two of the biggest mistakes in my life yep. uh, the biggest mistake of my life right now is that I don't have a mortgage like in terms of like I've paid the fucker off. That's stupid. Yeah. Why did you do that, Frankie? Oh, because because young Frankie thought pays mortgage off by the time he's thirty, which I did. I paid it off by the time I was thirty. So now, yeah, you've got this house that's worth one hundred and fifty at two hundred grand or whatever pounds. But okay, now 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 think how much fuel I've got stored in a house, mate. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got I've got one hundred and fifty grand's equity in this property over here that I need to get the fucking thing out of it so I can. If I'd had that money and put it into the Bitcoin that I wanted to buy, right? If I could, if I'd remortgaged it, mate, I'd be worth, I'd be worth another two or three million right now. Fuck yeah, true. Like two, it's cost me two or three million dollars the cost of opportunity by paying yeah. the house off. Not only that, the car I own my car cash, right? Dumb fucking decision, dumb. You yeah. want to, you want to buy these things as a, as a tax write off. You want to rent them. You don't, you don't want to fucking put your cash in a car or or, or a house. You need to recycle that money. You need to get it out there. You need to get it. Uh, you need. I should have turned that. Pro- if I the worst, the 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 the, the very least, the, the I should have turned that property into about four or five more. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. by just by rinse and repeating the yeah, cash. 100%. And, build, and and that they're two of the biggest mistakes that I'll tell you on this podcast of me making in investing is the fact that me thinking you go and pay for your car cash or you go this and watch his cash. Or, yeah. or, it's just the dumbest shit. Because right? I started investing last year. I only started last year. Like I had good good money before I ever put a cent in an investment because yeah. I was like, oh, what do I, I didn't know what to invest in. And I bought that car, that Mercedes at the time, and it was a significant-ish portion of what I'd had. Yeah. Um, and looking back at it, I wish I just financed it because I was about to finance it. Then I'm like, oh, I don't want to pay 5% interest per year. But that was when I was financially illiterate. Yeah. yeah. Like, and this is why like people people have a go at me online on social media sometimes and like my friends as well who drive like Ferraris, Lambos. And they're financed. People say, oh, you, you, like, you oh, make all yours. Money. It's not fine. If you're so rich, if you've got millions of dollars, why finance it? And now looking back at it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, it's okay. Like I don't, I don't, I don't get angry at them because they're financially illiterate. They're a bit dumb. But that's yeah. not their, that's no fault but, of their but, own. It's but, because it's yeah. right into them, right? And they don't look at the opportunity cost. So, for example, what I've done now, because I just bought myself a, a brand new C63 AMG Mercedes as another gift to myself as a trophy to keep working. I'd, I financed it. 100% it makes you sense. did. It makes 100%. sense. 100%. Like if I'm paying 5% on the thing and I've got my money in Bitcoin now, and it's yeah. paying me. Uh, you make eighty grand a month out of the gains of Bitcoin. Like, yeah, it makes no sense to park the same cash in the car that I'm. I'm just going to lose yeah. out, or like yeah. just buy it in cash. So people are like, oh, as if you'd pay five percent a year on the on the interest. I'm like, five percent's fuck all compared to the opportunity cost of yeah. having the cash in something that actually yeah. generates revenue. I can understand where people are coming from though. If they're like, oh, you've if you finance a car and you don't have that cash to be able to buy it. Like if, if you're just literally, you get 20 grand, you go put that as a deposit on a car and you're still living week to week. That's dumb. Finance again in that regard. Get a, like drop your lifestyle expenses, please. But like, 
Yeah. People people go off sometimes. They're like, oh, did you finance that? It's not even yours, bro. Like, you could, you're not rich. And I'm like, you can think what you want, but like the the, the results do yeah, the talking. The, the gains, it makes sense. The, the thing is as well, right, when you use your car in photos on Instagram and, and other stuff and other collateral, you can write it off as marketing. Exactly. Right? Buying things cash and like, and please listen to me when I say this to you. Like I do, be- I do believe in keeping your debt slow, and I do believe in buying things that pay you. Yeah. Um. But but fuck, don't go buying a car cash like I did. Especially don't, like fancy cars. Don't 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 go paying off your mortgage. Um. Just keep refinancing and rinsing the money into either new properties or rinsing the money into into other things that pay you. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't. It's just. It just. It just. It's. It, it took me so many years to realize it's it, a very I, middle class thing. Yeah, it, it 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 keeps you really fucking small. Yeah, and and like I've said to you previously, it's like money is not an evil thing. It's there to you can help more people and do more stuff for more people if you've got more money. Yeah, I don't want money to buy a fucking Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I want money to buy a boxing gym or, or or rent a boxing gym and then fit it out so that. Other kids can use it for fucking free. I don't yeah. want the money. But if I want to do that so that I can help all these disadvantaged kids, right? How the fuck am I going to do that if I don't generate revenue? You get the money. You got to get the money first to do exactly. shit. Exactly. Like my, one of my goals is like when I hit bigger numbers, not I'm going to do it before I hit that big goal, but like part of what I want to do is I want to build like I want to build villages and schools and shit in places where people genuinely don't have access to anything that's going to support them. Because imagine how much talent is out there in in communities, mate. in communities that don't have any access. Like some kids born into this shithole, and they've got no access to like the water, the school, the resources. If you took that kid that's got like an ambition, he's got yeah, you might see yeah, some stuff yeah, somewhere yeah, about yeah, like yeah. Oh, like you put him in a place that's full of people who are comfortable. Like a lot yeah. of us Westerners people, like we're comfortable. Yeah, therefore we don't push ourselves. We don't have sometimes the too comfortable. They will go and take the advantage because they appreciate it. Yeah, and they don't take it for granted because they know what it's like to not have that opportunity. Yeah, I think the most abundantly uh, gifted place in the world is Australia. Like in terms of like lifestyle, I mean, so, I mean, from from someone who wasn't born here, mate, I cannot tell you how fucking lucky we are here. Like Beautiful it place. is unbelievable, unbelievable. Like I, I wake up every day, I look at that view, and I'm like, oh my god, did this just happen to me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That that view that you're looking at right now and that other people see on my Instagram or whatever, that view's worth millions of dollars, man. Like yeah. and you any and anyone can achieve it. If you just want to just like absolutely bite the bullet and buy a flight. People say to me, How can you come to Australia? I'm like, book a fucking ticket. Like just, yeah, just get a ticket. Just yeah, get do a it. ticket, mate. Two people overcomplicated, but mate, yeah. honestly, like I, I agree with you. Like the, that's the, that's the beauty of it. Like you, I see that sometimes you get a bit of hate and a bit of bullying and all this stuff. Yeah, it comes with the territory. Comes with the territory because because you because you got the nice watch and a nice car. But yeah. I know that the the man behind all that wants to do good shit, and to do good shit, you need to stop. We society in general needs to stop making people with money look like they're some evil bastard. Yeah, you know, because a lot. Because most of the people that I know with money help a lot more people than people that have no money. Yeah. It's fact. And if you're hating on someone who's doing better than you, you're literally just cutting down opportunity for yourself. Because the more people hate on other people doing well means the less people are going to want to do well. And then guess what happens to society when less people are chasing innovation and building new stuff? It's going to crumble. 
self-fulfilling prophecy yeah. mate self-fulfilling prophecy exactly. but but you know like the other day and um we don't want to don't dwell on this too much but yeah. the other day when you when you it, when you said to me what you were sitting on a lot of people would have got jealous yeah right but i got excited yeah because i'm like right cool now i know now i know this i can help this man here turn that into into a into this yeah inside a very in, inside this this and this and this because yeah. he's got he's got the fuel but he just yeah. needs to put it in the right yeah assets this. and vehicles yeah, vehicles but but everything about that even though i wasn't getting anything out of that except that I, I i was i get that i get the fucking buzz off it right yeah. i buzz my tits off about this <laughs> shit I, it, may, it yeah. makes me buzz yeah. but i'm like i see all these little pathways that you can go down and what you can do right and it charges me up it gets me fucking excited so that is what people do but but too many people I think try and pull people down like they're yeah. crabs in a bucket and they try yeah. and grab onto people and pull people back oh don't do that because now I'm worried about him making too much money or too do fuck off man because everything comes round yeah. like you don't have to you don't have to worry about anyone else getting a little bit ahead of you or, or whatever or however you want to look at it because yeah. like you all get that opportunity in life and you all get that it all comes back to you so don't, don't law, just give just give 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 the, give the law of the universe is like if you're grateful and you're grateful for other people's success and you want like and you want the best for other people you will get what you want like it's that simple the second like when i was really like younger younger i looked at some of the guys who do stuff like i do and you do and other people do and been like oh guys are looks like a bit of a dork like or yeah, yeah it's probably yeah. not real like whatever and that mindset's just it's just going to keep you stuck and a lot of people a lot of people like around me when i started first coming up on some real money or like doing stuff a lot of people just got the tall poppy syndrome and were like trying to you know they try and shit on you they try, try and bring you, you back down, try and yeah. pull you back they're like oh, are you sure you want to do that that sounds risky like i wouldn't be doing that if i was you and i'm like why would i take your advice i wouldn't trade places with you only take advice from people who you would happily trade places with exactly exactly get that and a lot of the time I realize this as well. People have the tall poppy syndrome and they want to like bring you down, not even out of spite, not even out of spite or malice, yeah. but they do it because they care about you. And that's all that they know in their head is like, what's, what's average. They only know average. Yeah, so yeah, they're like, yeah. Oh, if you do like big things, like you could, the, if you go higher, you could fall hard. Like that's what people, a lot of people think. Yeah. Cause like if, you're, if your mom or your dad or your brother, sister, friend is trying to like kind of hold you back a lot of the time it might be because they want you just safe and protected and if you go on a risky pathway they don't want to see you hurt i i had someone reach out to me and say that i needed to niche my podcast down into just one niche and i'm like i'm like one you haven't got a podcast two <laughs> <laughs> that's that two, should be all you should two, say two, one two, you haven't got a podcast two, two, two don't you worry about me i'm gonna be just fine yeah. like, because i'm fucking passionate about this yeah do you, do you, do you, can, can you unless I die right unless I die and hopefully I don't because I've got a little bit more to achieve right we, we never die yeah well, well that's another topic we never die. But, 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 but anyway like unless unless I die tomorrow I'm going to keep fucking going with this so yeah. it doesn't matter about niche you know, do you know what and I mean? to be fair brother you've got you do have a niche and from what I've seen and me being here and the way you are your niche is passionate people who are driven and want to want to do big things that's your niche that is a niche yeah, I suppose, but 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 I think that they were like, "Oh, you got to do like all ecom or all this or all that." That's that to me isn't a niche. That to me is that 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 is like trying to fit everyone else that's doing a podcast, and I'm not trying to do that. It's also going to limit your reach. And if your goal is to empower a lot of people and build that network, you can't niche. Like Joe Rogan, one of the is he the top podcast guy? Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, top podcast guy. What's his niche? 
Exactly. Exactly. The coolest guests. It's just brings you, cool people. I just want to talk to cool people that are doing yeah. top shit that that will impact people's lives, and I want to give that away for fucking for for as little as possible. Yeah. And be able to hopefully in the future I'll be able to generate some revenue off the back of this with maybe a few products or services or whatever whatever I do right to to monetize the back end or ads or whatever whatever whatever's got to do right. It'll come. But it'll it'll come. I'm not worried about that right now. I'll put my own cash in. I don't worry about that. But but. But yeah, you you got to be you got to be able to put the people on the platform to be able to help other people, you know. Yeah, 100%. And, and and trying to, this is one of them things that you were saying, like getting advice from people that that that, sh- that are just trying to. I don't know what they're tr- I don't know what their angle they're trying to do, but it it just keeps to try and keep you a bit lower to keep yeah. you a bit lower. It's like it's not it's not it's not cool, man. And as and if you're doing it to other people, recognize it and stop fucking doing it. Yeah, like uh, my friends will all attest to this. It's like I. I only want the good for them. I've, there's not been one time where I've like not mentioned their name up for an opportunity that's come along that I think they'd be good for. Like, I'm I will give everyone that I know the best that I can bring to the table because I know that the further they climb, and if they look back at like, oh, who's in my life and who's in my network, I'm not going to be considered a leech or someone who's dragging off of them or someone who's trying to pull them back. And that's why I've got such a really high level of friends now in different industries around the world is because every time an opportunity comes along, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll plug you in. Same way that you plug me into like things and, and you put me onto things. Like you can't be seen as someone who's like if someone's someone levels up, like I've got friends now who are big, big names and they would look at their circle because they'd have to when you get to that point and they're like, who's leeching? Who's a genuine friend? Who actually wants me to see me do well? And I've not been cut out from any one of my friends' lives because of like, oh, they're like, oh, you're being like a leech or anything. Like I give, I try to give more than I ever take from anyone and it just, it'll continue to, the, or, long story short, out of all that, the more others grow and the more you try to support their growth, you will grow and follow suit. Yeah, 100%. You just, you just want to surround yourself with people going in, in the right direction for the right reason. Yeah. And that's what I try and do. Yeah. Um, I, I, if I'm going to be around you, there is a value exchange that happens yeah. and I want to bring value to your life. Yeah. And as a byproduct of that, I'm sure you bring value to my life. And that's why we're friends. The, the, the day that you, the day that me and you have a conversation and you leave lower energy than when you came into it, or the day that I come into conversation with you and I leave lower energy th- th- than when I came into it, that's, that's when there's a fucking problem. Yeah. And you've got to be really, really conscious about those people. Like when you speak to people, do you leave feeling more empowered or less empowered? Yeah. And if you feel less empowered and it happens on a frequent occasion, not just once, you need to fuck those people off. Your because, vibrations, your energy. Yeah. Because you've you got to protect that. You've got to protect that, man. You really have to protect that. I just want to touch on a, a couple more things before we leave. Yeah. Sure. So like what people don't realize is whilst you were building this massive e-com brand and all this kind of stuff, and we'll touch on the course in a minute. But like, while you're building that, you 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 got consumed by what I got consumed by, which was Monster Energy drinks, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. Or like a Mother Energy drinks. Red yeah, Bull. Mother. I didn't Mo- really get around Monster much, but Mother yeah, and uh, Red Bull. Yeah, and and what people don't realise is because you were trying to you because you were working eighteen hour days and 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 sixteen to eighteen hour days trying to get this e-com brand startup, you were banging three cans that a day, right? Yep. And then one day, what happened? Uh, when I was 19, I think it was, I don't know the exact day, I think it was July 2018. I think, yeah, July 2018. Um, I started having like heart pains because I used to smash energy drinks every single every single day. And whenever I'd get tired, I'd have another one because I'm like, oh, I need to keep like working. And why do I, why should I take a nap? Why should I sleep? Why should I rest? Why should I take downtime? I've, I'm so focused on building something. Like I don't need it. And then when you hear other people like having 
health issues and shit like that, you never think, oh, it could happen to me. Like you're like, oh, there's the stats out there, but it's not me. And so one day, I was one night and I was uh, at my parents' house and I was, I'd had like an energy drink that day, but like I started getting chest pains, like stabbing pains in my heart. And I was like, oh, that's no good. Like occasionally every like month I'd get like one or two at a period of time, but then that would be it. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's like, oh. But then this time I had like one and then it was like another one and another one. And I started getting like concerned. So I sat down, I was like, oh, that's not good. Um, and so I tried lying down and they, they kept coming. I tried distracting myself. I tried taking like antihistamines and some shit to try and like, and Panadol to try and get the pain to go away and like de-inflame like my body. And then I started having like more aggressive, sharp pains and like seizing up a bit and like getting sweaty and like, like having numb feelings. And I, I was like, I went down. I'm like, oh, I think I'm having like heart issues. And they're like, oh, what? And they're like, oh, just rest, like lie down. And I'm like, nah, like this is bad. I feel really like fucked. And so I made my mum call an ambulance to the house to like take me to hospital because I was like really, you know, like a bad way. I was like dizzy. I couldn't like having sh- like sh- recurring sharp pains to my chest. And so I had the ambulance had to come and take me to the hospital. And like my heart rate was fucking like stupid high, stupid high. And like it was a really irregular as well. And I was like, oh, and, like I was seizing up and shit. So I had like a heart attack at 19 years old from just – and it, w- it probably wasn't just the energy drinks. It was the stress that I had been going through with all of the yeah. issues that I've said. Yeah. That's only – I've only scratched the surface of the issues that I've been having up to that point with life and business relationships, everything. Like it's just been a – it's been a whirlwind of a, of a journey. But then the moment that that happened, it really put into perspective how short life can be. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? That. You know what I'm fucking grateful for is I'm grateful that the heart attack happened when I was 19. I'm grateful that I had a fucking heart attack because I've learned to value my health at a young age. Imagine that happened when I was 35 and I'd had another 10 years of doing shit to my body. Yeah, yeah. Dead. Yeah. Dead because because dead. There, there, is a, there is a cost associated with, with chasing business and with chasing yeah. entrepreneurship and with chasing creating vast amounts of capital to be yeah. able to go and do these things. There is a cost associated with it. That's why I'm trying to put put um, more of my energy into things that I enjoy doing, like the podcasts and stuff. Yeah. To 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 try and to try and that, that I have got businesses that obviously generate me revenue, but like I'm trying to do more of this to, to decompress, to decompress, yeah. and to and to process and to get my fulfillment out of life from because yeah. this is where it comes from this is the fuel this is and funnily enough bro like i started making the real money after my heart attack yeah and i had chronic i had chronic illness after that i've still got i still feel shit a lot of the time yeah and what i read a book by david goggins called can't hurt me have you yeah. read that no i haven't read that but i know I can, david i think goggins. i mentioned it the other night maybe um, yeah i think yeah, so yeah. It's a fucking unreal book and it just set my mindset to be like i'm a fucking warrior i'm so fucking hard i'm tough yeah and i'm like after that heart attack i would go out on runs like i'm like fuck this i'm not letting i'm not just gonna sit here and try and be worried about away, it yeah. and i'd have i'd get like more of the chest pains and shit and it would keep me so scared I was so scared every day for the year after that when I started making the most money because I'm like, fuck this. You only live once. Like I'm going to go and do what I can do. I'm going to do everything that I want. Like even if I feel tired, I'm still going to fucking go. I'm like, I'm not going to succumb to this. I'm going to learn from it and try and treat myself better, but I'm not going to be a victim and be like, oh, I can't go out and do this or I can't like, oh, the business is too stressful for me now. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm like, I'm going to double down. And I've felt like what life can feel like when you're on the brink of like, you think that you could have died. Like I felt that feeling and I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with dying because I'm going to die knowing that I've done everything that I can in my life to be the best person I can be and like build something for myself that I'm proud of and shit. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use that as fuel to take care of myself. And again, I, I learned that lesson of take care of yourself now so that you can have that long fulfilled life and hit, hit the goal that I've got. 
Like yeah. if I if that heart attack didn't happen, I would have still probably had energy drinks and just treated my body like shit, and neglected sleep and nutrients and shit, and just kept working like a like a dog. And like I, th- I think so many so many people in the entrepreneurial world, no matter what what vehicle they're, they're doing, whether they're doing real estate, ecom, whatever, they they for, they they really do ne- neglect the eating and the health side of things, and yeah. and more more importantly than ever is the sleep element. Yeah. You need to sleep. All this bleed through your eyeballs. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Bleed through your eyeballs, sorry. All that bullshit that's that's been touted like by yeah. these American entrepreneurs that just chat shit. Yeah. Like they, they it's just it's just such a load of bollocks, mate. Yeah. It, it's not it's not feasible and it's not responsible. Yeah. Like it really isn't. So I, I fully I fully get it, mate, yeah. and I and I can see how that's lit a fire under you. Yeah. So one last thing I want to obviously touch touch on before we before we leave this, mate, is obviously you've taken what you've done in ecom and everything else, and you've obviously formulated a course now, and now and you're teaching people how to build and scale online. What was one of the the main reasons, obviously, getting into that for you? Well, for me, again, um, going back, I think we diverted the subject when I when we started talking about how I got into this. But like, what happened was I was posting a lot about what I was doing on my Instagram and on my Facebook, and I'd get a lot of messages from people particularly like old school friends and primary school friends who'd seen what I'd done since we've like disconnected over high school and blah, blah, blah. So I was getting messages and I had like a pretty big network on there obviously already. And I'd post this stuff and people are like, what's, what are you doing? Like, how are you making this money? How did you buy that car? How are you doing this? How are you traveling? How are you doing whatever? Um, at such a young age, like do you have rich parents? Like do you, they were all of these questions. And I was like, no, it's e-com. And then the next question would be, what's e-com? And I'd explain it. And they're like, oh, could I get started or is it easy? And they'd say, well, like, they'd ask questions like, oh, how do I do it? And I'd, I'd like respond to me like, oh, like find something that's already working out there and try and reverse engineer what's already working and do that. And then they're like, oh, well, how do I find the supplier? And then I'd be like, oh, da And you baby them through it step by step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really have, I didn't really have a framework at that point. But you were kind of building people. it. But like uh, the more people that I was explaining it to, the more concrete it became in my head that there is a framework for it it's not just like oh, i was just doing this and this and this i'm like you know what the way i did it is a framework it's a process how do i articulate that in a straightforward a to z kind of system yeah that you can hand to someone and ultimately try and duplicate the result if not do better than yeah so that set me on the on the path of like i was still manually trying to help a few people and then i was like oh it's taking too much of my time like i was just doing it out of for free for because i had a bit of spare time i was like oh, i'll help a few people they started like their store and got a few sales here and there and i was like oh cool like it, like it's getting it up um and then the, the more questions they asked like i started to get taxed from it like i felt like i was just giving them too much of me yeah and, yeah. and it was just not not efficient. a fair value exchange not in, not even that because i love helping people regardless it's just the my time wasn't leveraged at that point so it was just being not smartly used yeah whereas like looking back on it, I'm like, oh, i could have done this earlier but then what I did is I, I wrote out a program on paper of like what what my process was. And then I'm like, what's the best way to present it in videos, in a video course? Because that way it's it's the same as being on a call with me and me talking you through it, except you have the ability to pause, play, skip, go back, study it at your own pace. And it's not reliant on me having being like, all right, Frankie, I'll teach you at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Can you make it? And you're like, no. And then I'm like, oh, no, can't make the call then. You can study it at your own pace whenever you want. That's why I did a video course as opposed to like one-on-one things as well as the price for it. Like it's super cheap compared to, you know, if you wanted to hire me for an hour to like speak with you, it's going to cost you as much as the program and for one hour. And what can we cover in that? I can talk to you about how to do some basic stuff in one hour on the phone. Like it's, it can't go too deep. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well this way I can put like 40 hours of my time into something 
where you're paying me like $20 an hour worth of the money per hour of my time in the training and you get it for like 50 times cheaper. Plus I get to multiply my time. Yeah, plus I'm leveraging my time. So I could do the, I could record for 40 hours and spend 400 hours making the program, which I've done probably more than that easily, um, into building it and making the resources and developing the systems and refining it because the more people go through something, you get to find out where your own bottlenecks are and where your issues are in the process um, to make it like a, a repeatable system. So now it's at the point where it's it's proven to be repeatable to a ridiculous amount. Like there's been, I think last time I checked when I did, because I do surveys, I ask my students like, what are you enjoying? What are you not enjoying? What's the hard parts of the of e-commerce? Are you struggling with any particular video in my program where I, I, I don't explain something clearly? So I get data and then I look at it and I see where are my weak points? Where can I improve? Same as my other businesses, you look at yep. your data and like what would you rate my program out of five stars so I can see if I need to improve certain areas. So after doing all these survey results, it's like tens of millions of dollars, $25 million on average, averaged out is what has been made. And I know there's there's the big outliers, like there's the guy who made a million dollars in six months. I'm not going to include him in the data because it, it misconstrued, like it'll spike yeah. it way higher. So I like to say, yeah, about $25 million in student results has probably been put out from this. That's, that's, that's phenomenal in a yeah. short period of time. What, how many years has this been going? About like two Two years. Two years, 25 mil from people starting from scratch. Majority, yeah. That's, that, is, that is pretty good going in it, let's be honest. And like the average rating came back on my program of 4.8 out of 5 stars, which for me is like a, a big pat on the back for, for like actually, that's yeah. fucking, that's it. For an information product, yeah. to be getting responses of like on average, averaged out across the, the several hundred re- like responses, 4.8 out of 5 is pretty solid i think yeah yeah for sure because a lot of there's a lot of people in the course space yeah that, that probably don't put out the best content yeah. and, and that's why i dumped into it i was like and and don't and don't um what do you call it they don't reiterate their program so with 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 anything like e-com and shopify everything's changed all the time so yeah. you need to you need to change change the process yeah. ever so slightly how you do your facebook ads yeah. or how you do your storefront or new yep. new plugins you can get, and so much. So it's, it's quite, it needs to be a constantly evolving product. The ones that just build it and sit there are the ones that get the really bad reviews because yeah. three years later it's not relevant. Exactly. So I've reiterated mine multiple times now, um, and I'm in the process of reiterating some of the content in the current one as well because again things change. Yeah. And so I, another thing because I love systemization, I love like creating things that are repeatable and duplicatable. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm passionate about processes for some reason. I'm like, oh, if this can function here like I'm, I'm i love that shit um i want to improve my student results even more i want to improve the like happiness score even more and to do that you got to make those changes so like again i've even spent money on like hiring website developers to make apps for my course so people don't have to like have shitty apps that they use like from other people or like i've got a website theme template that i have my developer design for my students like i'm trying to take out all of the other unnecessary expenses or where people have shitty alternatives. I'm trying to build like the best thing so that, because ultimately at the end of the day, the better my students do, the better I'm going to do off the back of that. Because my word of mouth has been huge. Like I've had thousands of students through my program now over the last couple of years. Yeah. And like obviously some make zero dollars. Why? It's not my fault. The stuff's been proven. As I said, tens of millions of dollars. You take something, you can run with it or you can sit there on it and do nothing with it. Either yeah, way. Yeah, there's so many people that buy these online programs yeah. and that will not will not execute on fuck all. And if you don't, if you don't, if you don't execute on fuck all, you know, it's, um, then, then, then that's on you. That's not on the, that's not on the person that's created it. You know 100%. what I'm saying? And obviously you want to, I, I take accountability for it. 
regardless because that's going to ultimately benefit them at the end of the day. If I just go, oh, no, you didn't do anything, not your fault. I mean, not my fault. Then it's just me palming it off yeah. to back to them. I want to accept responsibility for how they go because I don't want to make – because like the, the biggest issue with any kind of business and someone who's fresh to the game is they're going to get overwhelmed. Like yeah. it's overwhelming to get thrown into the deep end of like learning a fucking full A to Z system. I could simplify shit and give someone like a really half-assed basic overview. That's not going to serve them. I want to give them the granular details about how to pitch that product, how to um, position it in the marketplace, what, how to make that content, how to make a logo, like how to run the ads, how to do retargeting ads. I want to give them, I give them templates. Like, like I try and cover every little thing that I wish that I had when I was getting started. Cause again, I went through this shit the hard way. Yeah, I hired the agencies. I burned tens of thousands of dollars. I fucked up buying like I got scammed by suppliers and shit for my products when they didn't arrive or they arrived wrong. Had to chase it up, lose money. Like there's a lot more than what I've even covered in this podcast about the hard learning lessons of doing yeah. shit. Yeah. And my goal with this is for you to pay a little bit of money so you've got skin in the game. You can learn from me and learn all of these lessons that I've got in my brain. I've articulated to you in such a straightforward way that if you start from scratch, go through my program and take notes, you will have... Even if you don't build an e-commerce business, even if you sit there with just the knowledge in your brain, you're going to be ready and you've got those tools in your toolkit like we spoke about earlier for you to capitalize on any other opportunity that's going to come along in the future. And so the way I look at it is like every time I buy a program, every time I, every time I invest in something like that, information, like because I do that. Obviously, I practice what I preach. I invest in myself yeah. and I do so frequently and to the tune of a lot more money than I like. I, yeah, me and you're yeah. in one of the same masterminds as well on Yeah, on that's another, just a, another that's a little thing there. But like, you, your goal when buying a program shouldn't be to get rich quick. And I articulate this to everyone who messages me. I'm like, this isn't get rich quick. This is a fucking business. It's a get rich slow, potentially, if you do the work and stay consistent scheme. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a business. Yeah, it's, not yeah. like a, uh, it's not like how people sell Forex signals. It's like, oh, jump in, follow my trades and start profiting up and down straight away mm. with a straight profit. No, you got to be willing to stay consistent. And, and I, I say this as well. I'm like, you need to be consistent at least over several weeks, like doing the work, getting all the steps done. Because it's like, imagine every step of my program is like a cog in a machine. If you miss a cog, what does the machine do? It doesn't work. So if someone's doing something and they miss the cogs, the cogs aren't all going to spin together and then it's gonna, the, the, the puzzle is just going to fall apart. Yeah, It's like a recipe for baking a cake as well as another analogy. If I give you the ingredients and the method and you take the method and do it, but you use the wrong ingredients, the cake's going to look like shit. It's not going to be a cake. It's not going to be a fucking anything because you didn't take everything and do it the right way. Yeah, there's a system. There's a system. You, you put you put yeah. you put the process into into a step by step system, and then if people choose to miss a part out and wonder why it's not working, then then of course that that's yeah. that's on them in it. And us. unfortunately, it does reflect upon me if they feel a certain type of way, like oh, like now it doesn't work. But then when you try and iterate it to them, and then sometimes all you need is just to be told a thing a few times for it to click, and you're like, oh, okay, well then you do that, and then you fix it, and then from there, bang. Like, it's funny, like, I had a similar thing. Um, there's a, a girl called Annabelle um, who bought one of my programs and she was struggling for a little while and I think she was just missing a few core things that I talk about. But because a lot of us uh, left or right brain thinkers separately and we, you know, yeah, we've all got our different strengths in the way we learn and the way we pick up things and the way we process things, sometimes you just miss certain things because that's not your forte. So then I have to reiterate a few things to her and like review her store. I'm like, oh, do this, do this, fix this thing, which I told you about in the video, but perhaps you needed another advice on it. Yeah. So she did it. 
And then she went from being like, oh, I think I, this this isn't for me. Like, I, I don't know, I think, can I have like a refund or something? And I was like, nah, it's on you now. Like, I've given you everything. You need to do it. If you can do everything that I've said and then it doesn't do anything, then sure, whatever, refund. I don't care. Because I've got a phrase in my business, which is if I can't help you make money, I don't deserve yours. And that's what I want to stand behind because that's why I've got such the good results that come out of it and the word of mouth. Like people tell their friends and family to buy my program. that you wouldn't do that unless you were stoked with it. And so the chick, she implemented the stuff and then she went from making like no money, like 20 bucks a day to doing over $90,000 in like a few months. And then she bought, put, used that money, put a deposit down on her dream apartment. And she's done that off the back of the training. Yes, so it's like, it is it's powerful when, when people put it into process, but just people yeah. have to action it. Yeah, I've I've bought quite a few online courses yeah. in my life when, I, especially early days like Amazon and stuff like that. And I've I've never got a refund on any of them. Yeah, but one of the fundamental reasons those courses didn't work for me is because at one point in time I've decided now nah, this isn't for me and I've not completed yeah. it. Yeah, so therefore. I have learned things that I've taken on and used in other, other other business models, but therefore, unless you fucking tried, yeah, really fucking tried and failed, like done everything they've said and yeah. failed, you don't really deserve it. Like a refund. I agree. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Because you you're 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 the problem. Yeah, you're the variable. You're, if the process is proven and, and yeah. that's an invariable thing, if the guy's got yeah. the track record, that's invariable. Yeah. The results are there in the tune of several hundreds. It's proven to be repeatable. You're the variable. And obviously it's in our best interest to make sure that you become one of the invariables and you just follow the steps. But if you can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah. And, I've, and, and that is, that is, a, that is one of the most classic sayings that you can ever, ever articulate. Yeah. Mate, where can people, find you online if they want to uh, sure. get, get in contact with you ask you some questions yeah. and stuff like that just give them, give uh, them your so if, stuff. if any of you listening are wanting to get into e-commerce or just ask me questions or like if you want to hear about anything else that I've done in my life or go back and check out what I've been doing for the last few years you can go on Instagram and find me Eli Dangerfield I've got I'll, the verified I'll, tick yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, pu- I'll put you in the um, I'll put, I'll yeah, put links to this I'll put links your links in the um, in Appreciate the bio of, of this podcast yeah, mate legend so yeah Eli and, Dangerfield and one one more thing before we go right if 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 you have to leave someone with some impo- like some epic knowledge just one thing that you could drop before we leave this podcast what would it be one thing it's going to sound probably cliche whatever i say but it's true um it's just everything happens for you not to you i love it so everything my heart attack happened for me not to me Losing money happened for me, not to me. Doing silly things happened for me. Why? I learned. And I take those learning lessons and I apply it to the next thing that I do. And so therefore I'm leveling up. So, so many people have victim mentality. And I'll keep it short. People have victim mentality whereby they think, oh, oh, I crashed my car this week. Oh, it's the worst week ever. Like, oh, like something like that will happen. Um, and, and they fail to look at like, what is the universe trying to tell me? Sounds kind of hippie being like, what's the universe trying to tell me? But it's truthfully, what can you take away from these lessons that is going to impact your life and grow? Like when when the heart attack happened, again, to clarify, it's not, a oh, that happened to me. I'm such a victim. It's like that happened for me. I can now appreciate my health. And that's going to be one of the best lessons I ever get to experience. I'm so grateful for that in my life. And like losing money on the advertising agency, so grateful for that because then I learned my own system, which worked, kept me on my path that I was going and now has made me a multimillionaire at 22. Like it's all these little shitty things, the bullying. I'm grateful for it, everything. 
Yeah, and, and it's so, that's such a beautiful mindset to have. I carry this, this the same yeah. mindset now um, about everything. Like, if if something gets stolen off me, it's obviously meant that that person, even though it's not nice, it's like even though it might be a little thing, like a like say your phone gets nicked. If someone's st- obviously that person needed it more than you. Yep, hundred percent. Right. So like that just completely um, d de-risks that whole situation it, it takes all that negativity yeah. out of your mind and allows you to be at peace and what and the sooner you can take yourself from these massive waves that are crashing like an ocean in your mind where you want to just rip someone's head off yeah. to to like you know more neutral. of a car, calm and neutral yeah. the sooner you can do that and the faster you can start bringing yourself down to that level the better your life will be and the more peaceful it will be and that's why I think what you just said there is going to be so impactful for yeah. so many people, mate. Like the the less you care about something in terms of the outcome, the more often than not the outcome is going to be good. Yeah. Like the the less emotion you have tied up in your decision making, the more beneficial your end result will be. And you just got you just got to look at you look always work on fact, not on hearsay. Like if you if you look yeah. at look at something, look at the facts. I mean, the analytical stuff that you look at in your Shopify store, the the, the facts don't lie. Um, men and women lie numbers don't yeah, yeah that's yeah. the biggest thing that like yeah. if you want to look at whether something works or not look at actual data and, and results and shit rather than oh I don't know like it seems it seems this way assumptions are just worthless yeah, worthless. worthless assumptions like worthless I, I've had to learn that the hard yeah. way in my life I've made a lot of assumptions in life about yeah. a lot of shit and um, they don't serve you assumptions no. don't serve you because you're you can't get anything from an assumption. Yeah. You cannot, you, you can't physically pull anything out of it. Yeah. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank Shake so my much. hand and thank you I so much for, you for, for having giving, me, bro. Nah, I appreciate you coming in and f- and I'm, I'm fucking buzzed for your growth, mate. I really am. Thank and f- you. And hopefully people have listened to this to the very fucking end because I really, really think if you have, you've got some powerful fucking shit from this yeah. and you can go and implement it in your life and go and do some more. And, uh, if you can if you can share this with a friend or drop a, drop one of us a DM and let me know you can follow me on Instagram at Frankie Lee if you can do that for us and let us know how this podcast went for you and also if you could leave us a review on Apple if you got something out of this that would be fucking great and uh, yeah thank you very much guys tune in for the next episode that will also be a banger I've got some big shit planned for you big shit so stay tuned much love see ya Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.